Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone, and happy September. Welcome to the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis and Matthew Rocky, who are all dancing in the studio. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us. And if you want to watch us dance, you can on the YouTube. All you need to do is go to YouTube.com and type in 101 ESPN STL. How you guys doing? Well, after that song. Cornhole champions. Oh. Ah! I do have on my Jason Mott yeah. shirt. However, we were um, not not champions. Champions in life, we there are. There we go. Good. So yes. you were correct. Uh, yes. You two were at uh, the Jason Mott Foundation Cornhole Championship last night. I was uh, with Greg Amzinger over at Lindenwood, where our Lions, we were at our alma mater. <laughs> How'd that go? Uh, the, the Lindenwood Lions beat Wisconsin Stevens Point 77 to 9. Is that even allowed? Ooh. Well, it was 56 nothing at halftime. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, it was uh, Cole Duggar, uh, uh. 9 of 14 for 263 and four touchdowns, no picks. Uh, passing touchdowns of 60 and 72 yards on back to back possessions. Nice. Uh, go LU. And a win for MIZ, ZOU, last night 35 10 over South Dakota at Furrow Field. Yes, and the we, quarterback competition was uh, so, oh, it's intense. so intense. It, I, it was <laughs> the the amount of snaps that Whoa. that both players had, the the opportunities that were given to both. You know, it was exactly what we thought it would be. It yes. just feels to me, Carrie and Brooke, like this is really a difficult decision for Eli Drinkwitz. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be weeks <laughs> weeks in before we can figure out which one of these guys is the uh, is the guy. Rock, you know what I mean? I have no clue after last night. I just, I do not know. <laughs> one guy had 26 passing attempts. attempts. Obviously, it went equally 13 13 no, between no, the no, two. No, I think one had 21 attempts, the other had five. Yeah. Mm, yeah. There was a. They both did have difference. one touchdown, though. Hey! If that matters at all. There you go. So I was fortunate <laughs> to be at Lindawood because. As you guys know, I have a tendency to uh, exhibit black outrage now and then. I have heard. Uh-huh. It has happened. And if I'm watching that TV and Spectrum puts up a sign that says, we no longer carry ESPN, we apologize, uh. there would have been some serious black outrage. There would have. So do you guys, uh, have I told you the story about when I got the maddest? At, it was then Charter. And, <laughs> and uh, so I, I was having a problem with my cable. And I called up and spent a lot of time, maybe 45 minutes on the phone with somebody from another country. And I got really frustrated and I hung up and I called that number right back. Hello, this is Spectrum. How can we help you? I said, just let me talk to somebody in America. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I asked for, no, it was, it was, it was the poor woman. Where are you? 
Manila, the Philippines. Let me talk to somebody in America. <laughs> I think it was a Saturday, and I, I did wind up. And did fortunately, you, they moved somewhere? all of the, their call center now is at Northwest Plaza. There you go. I did. I, you I, you may have been the reason for I that. I could have been. Boy, the was anger. I <laughs> And yeah, yeah, last night, it would have been a similar situation because I, what, there was no forewarning. Mm-hmm. It just shows up, and the I, poor Spectrum people that are yeah. watching that game, oh, man, I can't. I can't tell you how mad I would have been. Randy, I, I've been that angry before. It was with T-Mobile at one point. Mm. And the guy on the line, customer service is obviously not great. Mm. And he was on the line. I said, you know what? You have my information, don't you? You got my address. Come on up. Come on down. We, we can get to it right now. Come on over. I'm waiting. Come over now. I don't know where you are, but you can get to me. I love it. It gets so frustrating. So really I think everybody's been yeah. there at least once. Oh. At least once. You know, you know who's feeling I, like I that. I got off the phone yeah. and waited. Like, I, I'm waiting on you. I'm surprised you're breaking out. Like, my, my available time is between now and when I whoop your ass. Whenever you get here. Now until forever. Just sitting, waiting. Well, well. where are you? <laughs> Let's see. Well, it's waiting. A, it's interesting because you know who is just is bad. We were touching on that on social media. People are pretty upset because they felt a little deceived by Eli Drinkwitz when it came to the quarterback competition. So we discussed it a little bit. If you look at the numbers, there's definitely a difference between Brady Cook and Sam Horn's numbers. So what did, exactly did Eli Drinkwitz have to say about the quarterback competition now? Well, I just stepped off the football field, so I don't have any plan for next week. I've, I've kind of told everybody that I've got no preconceived ideas going into it and that I'm going to let the play speak for itself. So I'm going to go back and evaluate the tape. Obviously, the blink assessment would be that, you know, Brady, uh, Brady played a more consistent first half. Um, you know, Sam's interception, the ball bounces off the receiver's chest and bounces up in the air. Maybe it was behind him. Maybe it could have been a better throw. But, you know, I mean, can't tip the ball up there in that situation. That makes it a little bit worse. But, uh, you know, we'll go back and evaluate the tape. I'm not going to make a, a rush judgment there on that decision. But I did think Brady was very efficient. And, and uh, Sam had his moments, too. I mean, that was a nice um, touchdown drive at the end of the game right there and converted a big third and long uh, with that little screen pass to Luther. Good call right there by Kirby. There you uh, go. It, it would not appear as if the play, playing time or playing abilities were equal for Brady Cook, who was injured last year, and give him credit, led Mizzou to a bowl game. But you do have a guy that was the number 70 recruit in the nation the year before and has options to play other sports. And really, it doesn't appear. Now, Eli Drinkwood sees practice. But it doesn't appear as if in game action that the opportunity has been given to Sam Horn that was given to has been given to Brady Cook. Well, I think I think Drink said something important there. You know, we're just getting off the field. I, I, I haven't had a chance to evaluate the tape. What you see on tape could be different from what you saw in the game in real time. So you do need to go watch the tape, process how each quarterback went through their progressions, watch how each quarterback handled different situations. It seems as though Brady Cook had more opportunities, and, and maybe that's the way that they go going forward. In terms of being the, the 70th-ranked uh, recruit, to me, once you get on campus, none of that matters. It's about the men in the in the uniforms and having the opportunity to go play the game. And the best man should play. And so you, I'm looking down in Texas, and Arch Manning is is one of the top recruits in the country mm-hmm. this year. He's probably not going to be the starting quarterback. Quinn Ewers is. So 
it, it's all about just doing your job when you get there. Uh, and they will evaluate the film. And maybe, you know, maybe something happens in the next game where Brady Cook doesn't get as many opportunities. Maybe he throws an interception early or, you know, makes some bad reads. And Sam Horn is consistent in that game. And, uh, you know, they, they go in that direction. Well, it seems it's exactly like what we thought, right? That Brady yeah. Cook was probably going to be the quarterback that you would assume after the first game, just because of the experience level. He was pressed a little bit more during the conversation, and he was asked, does he want to see Horn in a start to decide the competition? Nope, it's not important to me. Uh, the results on the field, I mean, he had the same players in front of him, same defense. So we'll look at it and see if we feel like, you know, base it off of this uh, performance fall camp and, and probably even after uh, practice this week, if we feel like opportunity was earned or not. But Well, this is a big year for Eli Drinkwitz and part of being able to survive in any coaching job is to be able to pick the right players to help you win games. If he does not pick the right players, and by the way, Mizzou did win 35-10, to 10, and Cook was good. So let's not take anything away from Brady Cook's performance. It's just that we expected that the two would get equal opportunity last night. But if if Eli doesn't pick the right guy, then he's not going to be around. That, that's the bottom line. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean... There's a lot of things to to keep in mind here. It's your first game. It's uh, Sam Horns, really his first game ever. He played a little last mm-hmm. year, but it, 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 it not to this extent, right? So your first real college football experience, first game of the year, I, I think that it will play out how it's going to play out. And if Brady Cook can hold him off, I was telling Rock yesterday, he said, what do you think about the quarterback competition? Well, what I think is they think Brady Cook is the guy. But mm-hmm. they think Sam Sam Horn can be really good. That's why they're giving both of them the opportunity. It's on Sam Horn to take the job. Mm-hmm. It's not on Brady Cook to let, to to lose it. It, it. Sam Horn has to play well enough. Has to play better than what what you're getting from Brady Cook because right now you can get uh, quality quarterbacking from Brady Cook. And if Sam Horn can overtake that with his playmaking ability and and showing showing uh, a better ability to do the job better than um than than Brady Cook can and he'll have the job midway through the first quarter Brady Cook did break the ice on the scoring front. Here go five wide here on third down and five. Cook clean in the pocket has a man caught for a touchdown. Makai Miller, the sophomore out of Overland Park. And that made it 7-0 Mizzou. Nathaniel Peake capping a 7-play 38-yard drive by the end of the first quarter to make it 14-0. And then after a field goal for South Dakota, Mizzou got a 2-yard touchdown run from Cody Schrader. And then in the final minute of the first half... Each team now with four penalties as Cook is going to take off. I know you love this part of his game, Aaron. That's a touchdown for Missouri. Brady Cook being decisive finds a seam and gets it into the end zone for 15 yards out. 28-3 at halftime. 35-10 was the final. Oh, by the way, Luther Burden, seven catches, 96 yards, and a touchdown for MIZZOU. That's what you want to see. You want to see Luther take those next steps as a receiver for Mizzou. Cody Schrader was also a really dominant force for Mizzou on the ground with 18 carries for 184 yards and a score. And you just want to see that progression because there was definitely some question marks on offense. And it's just the first game, but there was a lot of positives. I would say the only negative would be Harrison Mevis if you were going to talk about some negatives in this game. The thicker but, kicker? Yeah, yes. he's, he, 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 was, he was bad missing kicks, and it's, yes. it, the, kind of the, the polish has come off a little bit. I do want to say, though, like I was a little disappointed that six of the seven catches for Burden were 
screens or you know little little, little dump offs, you know little quick passes behind the you know shuttle passes behind the line. That's the game where I wanted him to say, okay, he's developing. Here's a route tree against a cornerback tandem that isn't going to be as hard as the SEC ones. I wanted to see some progression there. If he's not running a route tree against South Dakota, what is he doing against LSU? Why do you do that when you have? A guy like him or Tavon Austin, Case, Case? Uh, Casey's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shoots up on the text line. Dolls, <laughs> um, Well, it, it's the reason why it's e- it's the easiest way to get them the ball mm-hmm. without thinking, if that makes sense. I'm not saying that he can't think or that he's unable to think, but it's the easiest way to get the ball in the playmaker's hands right now. Um, when you're running routes. There may not you may run a, a combination, a route combination, and, and he may not be the receiver that gets the ball based on the coverage. But if I call a screen, uh, a now route, I know I'm throwing it to him no matter what the coverage is because he's the he's the guy getting the ball. So that's probably why they're doing that. Just get the ball in his hands quickly. Uh, hopefully, you know, as the offense expands, there will be opportunities downfield and real routes where you know he's running digs and outs and slants, posts, whatever, and making sure that he's getting those routes and and beating those coverages. Isn't there also another factor, too, of not showing maybe too much early on? I mean, I'm sure that probably has something to do. Once you know the game is is pretty much out of hand, you don't have to continue to open up your playbook and show everything that you have. That's what happened to the Lindenwood Lions. That's sure. <laughs> it sounds like the, the whole the, playbook was displayed. The whole <laughs> second half. Right, yep. USC, and, and the USC had already played Saturday. They trampled San Jose State 56-28. Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner last year and probably this year. 18 of 25 for 278. 18 completions, 278 yards. 11.1 per uh, per completion and, or per attempt. And four touchdown passes, no interceptions. The Trojans pass for 341, run for 160, and take care of the Trojans beat the Spartans. How about that? 56-28. That was an old-school contest right there. Uh, Baseball last night, Ronald Acuna with quite a day. He got married during the day and then did this at night. Ronald Hammers hits to left center. That ball is history. And Ronald Acuna Jr. just made history. He has Major League Baseball's first ever 30-60 season, and he does it in grand fashion. Unbelievable. 30 homers, 60 stolen bases. It was 6-1 after the second inning in favor of Atlanta. The Dodgers came back, made it close. 8-7 was the final. Mookie Betts, who's from Tennessee, by the way, uh, uh, with a couple of home runs. The Braves beat the Dodgers in the opener of this four-gamer, 8-7. And Ronald Acuna... We talk about Shohei Otani being the best player in baseball. Ronald Acuna is the best player that's not playing, doing both pitching and hitting. 30 home runs, 60 stolen bases, the Crazy. first time ever. Ever. That is that in itself is amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Baseball has been played for hundreds of, hundred, how many? Hundred and, about 150. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> that's a long amazing time. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. That you're the first player to ever do that. And yeah. he's not even, I said, I heard Mookie Betts is the odds on favor to win. In yeah. LMVP. Betts, Freeman, and Acuna. It's it's, it's those three. A race. It's uh, it should Down be Acuna three for four, four RBIs, hitting three thirty seven on the season now. And uh, normally, after like this happened to Tiger Woods, normally after guys get married, they don't perform as well on the field. And Acuna, oh. did right Ti- away. Tiger had a <laughs> Tiger had, had other things on. going on. Things happening <laughs> in his life. Yeah. There's a lot happening. Preventing there. him from uh, yeah. just yep. staying locked in at all times. And the Cardinals play tonight. They welcome the Pirates to town for a hey. three-game series. Yeah, Dakota Hudson going for the Redbirds. Yeah. 
Mitch Keller goes for Pittsburgh. That's a 7-15 game at the ballpark. We're off and running here on the opening drive. Coming up, we've got Bird Watch for you. Stick around. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're flying down to the field to give you the latest on your St. Louis Cardinals. This is Bird Watch on the opening drive. Thamel reporting that the ACC has voted to invite Stanford, Cal, and SMU to join the conference in all sports starting in 24-25. So Stanford, Cal, and SMU apparently will accept those invitations. North Carolina issued a very strident statement yesterday saying we want nothing to do with our student athletes. (laughs) North Carolina called their athletes students. Uh, They they said we want nothing to do with our student athletes having to travel all the way across the country. This is a North Carolina, and uh, Matthew has a more intimate knowledge of this, but isn't North Carolina the one that offered a, literally a basket weaving class and then even then didn't require players to go to it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's I mean, amazing. the reason why I, I'll never forget this is just because UNC had everything come out that they were, they had, they had created a fake class schedule and hundreds of players were taking it, and that was in about, a, I think, about a 12-month window of when Mizzou self-reported one tutor mm-hmm. helping a student uh, pass the bounds they should have, and they came, they dropped the hammer on Mizzou, and they just kind of glossed over yeah, what happened at UNC. It was the Quinn. biggest joke in the yeah, world. Robert Quinn there's was a, one of those. No, Robert Quinn was, he got free jewelry. Yes. There's, a, there's a saying. He was ineligible. Your game got to be bigger than your problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mizzou game not bigger than their problems in North Carolina's was. There you go. One mm. tutor. Doesn't matter. An entire class schedule. You, you're trying to think of like logical reasons right. as to why that yeah. would matter. No, you're totally, Stop. To, totally right. No, and <laughs> I, I always go back to I always go back to this one, and, and it's classic. And so Mizzou was flying recruits' parents in on private jets. Cronky and Laurie loan their private jets to the program, and they're flying them in and not charging them. And they were supposed to charge the parents normal commercial fare, mm-hmm. even though they fly them in on private jets. And so somebody finds out about this, and the NCAA starts investigating, and they ask Quinn Snyder about it. And Quinn Snyder says, well, we do that at Duke all the time. <laughs> and, and the NCAA never said a word yeah. about Duke or anything. And you know, Quinn Snyder was there. He was right. a right-hand man to Mike Krzyzewski. Right. But Duke wasn't going to get investigated by the NCAA. So go. it goes to exactly what you're yeah. talking about. Game bigger than your problems. You're good to go. Yeah. All right. Time for Bird We've won two in a row. We have won two in a row. You know what happens if we win today? We, the Cardinals. It is a winning streak. Oh. And it has happened before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Bird watch. Look. Really, real quick, somebody said, what did we learn? Never self-report. Yep. That is that the is, bottom line. That, Never that self-report. Is, it's yep. always a, the question, right? Is it yep. better to self-report it or is oh. it not? And it doesn't seem like it is with no, the NCAA. You, you never Tell self-report. Yourself. Yep. No, don't and then you yourself. obfuscate like Jim Harbaugh's done. And yeah, you just make it as difficult as you. It's stupid to do what the NCAA wants you to do. Just <laughs> do what you want to do, and you can. Yeah, you never self-report. You know, Mississippi State. It was Miss. Wasn't it Mississippi State and Mizzou had the identical. They had the exact same tutor tutor thing, and Mizzou self-reported. Mississippi State didn't, and Mizzou gets the bowl ban, and Mississippi State goes off scot free. They don't do anything to Mississippi State. All right, now it's time for Bird Watch. Here we go. <laughs> Did you guys know I can purr? Wow. That is... <laughs> That's a talent. This is a talent. 
Freddy, where did that come from? Cats, cats are bird, birds and cats. You don't get cat, cats, cats hunt birds. All right, all right. I'm, I'm going to apologize to the St. Louis area, but you're about to hear the phrase. Did you know I can purr all the time on this show? I'm clipping that off. I'm going to drop that every five seconds. I'm fine if you do, but you have to give them the. <laughs> so, well, that is beautiful. Tell it. Tell us how you discovered this talent. I have no idea. I just did. I, I, I heard, okay. a cat, heard a cat doing it. Wanted, wanted to imitate the kitty. Oh, oh, watches. All right. All right. That's a. Uh, that's something. Guys, Ooh. here's uh, what, what I think, and, and I love the fact that the Cardinals have won two in a row in dramatic fashion, and great walk-off wins for Tommy Edmond. Tommy Edmond. There is no excuse for the St. Louis Cardinals to not be able to compete with the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Cardinals didn't win a game in Pittsburgh this year, and they got swept last time they were in there. Even though it's completely meaningless this weekend, I would just like to see the Cardinals be as good as the Pirates. It's not that <laughs> difficult to be as good as the Pirates. That's so and sad. Yeah, it is. That's and sad. right now the Pirates lead the Cardinals in the standings. Uh, I believe the Cardinals are, are in last place by three games. Let me just double check here and make sure that I have my numbers right. Yeah, the Cardinals are 16 and a half, Pirates 13 and a half. So, hey, let's just get a three-game sweep and let's, let's be as good as the Pirates. That's something at, that at I don't least. think anybody would have expected <laughs> no. for somebody to say this season. Well, you did say they were going to win the World Series. So, uh, the, yeah, the uh, 2023 that. World Champion yeah. Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. They went no. Bad quickly. Not whatsoever. Well, my bird watch, guys, is going to be JoJo Romero or Yoho Romero or Yo-ho. Ho-Ho Romero. Yo-ho. Do it, is that what we're running with here Yo-ho. is Yoho yeah. uh-huh. Romero? Uh-huh. JoJo Romero, he's really earned that high leverage role. You were wondering, of course, with Jordan Hicks and then the injury with Ryan Helsley, if he would be able to step into this role. And guys, he's done a fantastic job of it. Don't you guys think? And there's been some comparisons, too, of him and the Mad, Gun- Mad Hungarian, just his demeanor on the mound. What do you guys think about that? First I think he off, has a lot in. of. I think he has a lot of energy. I, I love his enthusiasm. Uh, I remember his first win uh, that he got this season. First time in his career, he got a win. He was just so excited, and, and I thought that that was one of the things that we hadn't seen. Yeah, really from the pitching staff, the 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 incite, excitement, the joy. The uh, just go get it. He feels like he has that, and and I like watching him play. I need yes. I need him to get back to what he did in Philadelphia. Do you did you ever see the video when he crunched the Red Bull can off of his forehead oh, as he no. was coming into a game? Yes. Oh, oh my I, gosh. I, that, How did I forget about yeah, that? Yeah. I, I need him to do that as a member of the Cardinals. Oh, that is intense. It's, yeah. it's funny though because if you talk to him in person, he is just like super nice chill. and like chill. Yeah. yeah. He's not he's not like an angry person, intense person all mm-hmm. the time. He doesn't have a scowl on his face. He actually like scoots in. If you ever go over to Bush Stadium, you can actually see, maybe I shouldn't reveal that because no, the people are going to be yeah. looking for him, but <laughs> he actually scoots in to the game. With a scooter. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does. He, like he uses the scooter. So oh. it's very interesting. That wasn't my bird watch necessarily because I was going to get into numbers, but um, in his last 15 games, he went 19 to two thirds innings and 25 strikeouts during that time. So what has been working for Jojo Romero? Just confidence, confidence and execution, um, and that kind of all falls behind my fastball command. Getting ahead early and often is allowing me to expand when I need to, and you know I think that's what we're seeing. So you- 
And he's really earned that high leverage role as we're talking about. It makes you feel confident that you know he will be a part of that bullpen going to next season with so many question marks. And he has three saves and three holds over 35 innings this season. JoJo, Ho-Ho, or Yo-Ho Romero is a bright spot right now for the Cardinals. I agree. Yeah. Uh, by the way, to correct myself, he just crunched. He didn't crunch the can on his forehead. He just crunched off his arm, just crushed it. it oh, was great. why did I feel like it was on his head? I, maybe there's a different there's one. A... I'm, I'm watching the video. Did he hours. do that several times he, last season? It must Somebody have been his thing. Us. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be painful. My uh, bird watches Dakota Hudson. He's starting tonight. Lost his first uh, game of the season. Last his last outing. However. When we're looking at what Dakota Hudson is, and and we are obviously looking, we have a sign outside Bush Stadium, pitchers uh, needed uh, ASAP. (laughs) And so you're looking for a fifth starter, fourth starter, whatever that may be. I think Dakota Hudson is going to continue to prove that he he deserves that spot. He's a veteran pitcher. He's not one of the younger guys, has done it in the league, has been a 16-game winner in this league. And I think he's going to continue to prove uh, himself well. Right now, the month of August, he is a – 455 ERA. Obviously, you want that to be a little bit lower. He's given up a few hits, um, some earned runs, obviously five earned runs in his last start. But I would like to see him continue to perform at the level that he has all season. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's in that starting rotation in 2024. I would not be either. And I like what I've seen. And I like better that I haven't seen it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, wait, are we supposed to be we're, consuming we're, I'm, Dakota, I'm Hudson right Dakota Hudson right now? Dakota Hudson tonight. Yeah. I'll text you all, let you know how it goes. Okay, okay. Good. I like all that right. a lot. I like that a lot. <laughs> That's your bird watch on 101 ESPN. Coming up one week from today, I'm not going to be here, but neither is Jay Delsing because he's going to be participating in the Ascension Charity Classic. But he will be with us next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber says, St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talk some golf on a Friday morning with our friend Jay Delsing. You can hear him every Sunday morning at 10, 10 to noon here on 101 ESPN with Golf with Jay Delsing. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Um, I'm doing good. You're, you're a purring man this morning. I'm, uh, man, I don't know about it, yeah. you guys. <laughs> All right, Jay, first things first. Are you going to be able to play in the Ascension next week? Absolutely. Good. Oh, yeah. I've uh, seen doctors. I've got a couple of shots. I'm feeling good, guys. I'm feeling good. So you're going to be there on Sunday, uh, and I, I'm, I'm planning on following you on the back nine on Sunday as you vie for the championship of the Ascension Charity Classic. That's right, Randy. And, and, and you know what your job's going to be mm-hmm. if 
if I'm right up there with, say, Bernard Langer, Ernie Yells, you're going to have to start heckling. You're, <laughs> you're going to have to take this thing to a new level. I, I, have, I've go, watched Happy Gilmore, and I will. We'll go full Bob Barker, there the whole go. thing. Yep, I'm thinking. It, it, it may be drastic on the back nine. <laughs> it might. Okay, we got a lot to cover here, and we, we've all got questions. I want to start with this, though, because we've been waiting for the next Tiger Woods for a long time. Is it going to be Jordan Spieth? Is it going to be John Rahm? Is it going to be Justin Thomas? Who is the next? Uh, is it going to be Brooks Koepka? Who's going to be the next Tiger Woods? Is it going to be Victor Hovland, who's the third youngest player ever to win the Tour Championship? Yeah, I, boy, that's a really good question. I, if you would have told me or asked me that question two years ago when Victor, when Victor Hovland first came out on the PGA Tour, I'd have said, "Man, we're not, he's not even in the in the realm because he didn't putt or chip and pitch very well." But you, you guys, this is a guy who literally had the idea when he was hitting shots around the green to land the ball on the green and somehow keep it on the green. That's all he tried to do. And the amazing progress that this kid's made in two years, Randy, is awesome. What he did down at Eastlake to play so well in that tall Bermuda rough, which is extremely challenging, was really impressive. But he's got a long way to go to catch Tiger. So I'm not going there. I don't think anybody uh, – well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I don't think anybody in my lifetime is going to be the next Tiger Woods. I'm with you. I'm with you. But uh, – uh, I, I, what, what the, the next biggest question, I mean, guys, I really unfortunately think we have seen the last of what Tiger's going to do on the, on the regular PGA Tour. I know he's going to try to amp up for the majors. I know he's going to play the, the father-son and things like that. He'll probably play his own tournament. But, you know, if, if he doesn't get in much golf in the next two-plus years, there's a real good chance he's going to play some Champions Tour golf. And, guys, that'll take this the, the, the over 50 tour to an entirely different planet. Wow. And then also I know that Nick Ragone, we're having him on later, and he's mentioned that Tiger has possibly even com- committed coming to the Ascension Charity Classic down the line. Oh, yeah. Nick, you know, Nick gets to hang out with Tiger and Rory, and, you know, he's, he comes back, he's got Rory's sand wedge in his hand. I'm like, dude, where, where have you been? What are you, what are you doing? But Tiger absolutely said, you know, get his card ready. He knows the golf course. He knows uh, that Hogan won at, uh, at Norwood Hills. And, uh, you guys, we, we could start lining up security now. If Tiger <laughs> came. I mean, I, I don't know what it would be like, but I can remember the scene when Tiger walked on across the bridge at Bell Reeve at 18. Oh, yes. And, uh, I, oh, you guys, it was just St. Louis just so delivers when it comes to the sports. It's just fantastic. That was one of my favorite memories. Well, I wanted to ask you about, because we discussed it last week as being a possibility, and now it's a reality. Even though it's been Justin Thomas's worst season on the PGA Tour, it didn't cost him a spot on the U.S. Ryder Cup team. What do you think about the decision that Johnson made to make him a part of the team? Yeah, gosh, Brooke, you know what I think is that I think that these guys sat in the room and started thinking about pairings and who is going to pair well with one another and who. So obviously, uh, Xander Shoffley and Patrick Cantlay, they, they earned their way on the team. That's that's a really solid team in both uh, four ball and um, um, alternate shot for uh, the U.S. But Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas have been partners a lot and have done really, really well in, in some past Ryder Cups. It's just that he's, it, you guys, this happens all the time because the, the Ryder Cup is a two-year competition where you pile up these points over, over two years, and some of the guys make the team, and they're not playing that well. And it's, Justin Thomas just hasn't, hasn't 
hasn't done much of anything this year. But what's interesting is that he is going to play next week out in Napa, and he's or the week after in Napa. And um, yeah, I don't know what to expect, you guys. I don't know this golf course. I know that the Euros, the top six on the European side, you guys are Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Tommy Fleetwood, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and Terrell Hatton. Look, they're on the wrong side of the 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 pond for for me, but those are six guys you'd go to war with any, anywhere along the line. Now, filling out the team from that point on, where we may barely even have heard of any of the guys that are going to make the rest of that European team. Jay, I want you to respond to this quote from Zach Johnson, the captain of uh, the USA Cup Ryder Ryder Cup team. He said, quote, Justin Thomas has without question been the heart and soul of Team USA, our emotional leader. He leads by example. His passion for the Ryder Cup is very evident. In my mind, he was born for this, and you just don't leave JT at home. What do you think of that aspect in golf of having a leader of a team that provides team chemistry? I think that's huge, and I think and, and one of the things that we have, guys, is uh, Scotty Scheffler, Sam Burns, uh, Cantlay, Shoffley, the, um, uh, Brian Harmon, uh, Wyndham Clark, all of those guys that I mentioned, you guys, those are quiet guys. Jordan Spieth is very vocal, but Justin Thomas is, he is the man when it comes to that room. He is the one that's going to be um, in everybody's face. He's going to be trying to encourage them, but guys, he's got to perform it's one thing to say a carry you know what it's like if the guy is all about rah rah and then when it comes time to get the ball <laughs> yeah you know you look at that like hey man quit rah rah me i'm getting my butt kicked out here you know yeah jay i was wondering we're about three months removed from the news of live and and pga uh, uh merging together and jay monaghan you know getting sick and, and missing some time what are the thoughts on jay right now as it pertains to his leadership role and commissioner of, of uh, golf. And, and what are the players thinking of him at this moment? Yeah, it's still, he's still really, really on the fence. I mean, getting Tiger to come onto the policy board and agree to do that is a big win for Jay. But I don't know if you guys saw any of the, the tour championship when, when he took the trophy and was getting ready to pass it to Victor Hovland, said a few words. I mean, it was a resounding negative response by all the patrons that were there. He's 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 got a lot of fences to men carry. He's definitely not out of the woods as far as I'm concerned. They keep talking about this framework deal and I don't even know what I don't even know what that exactly means. I mean we know we're trying to figure out are the live guys gonna to get to come back on tour or you know what what is the piff what are we going to do with them what are we doing with our sponsors i mean i i i don't know what the, what that looks like and and uh, he's got a lot of fences to mend so i don't believe he's out of the woods carry it by any means best month for golf in st louis is blank oh september hmm. so i think september and october i i i i love the the, the fall golf i I get so excited in the spring, Randy, but, man, it is it is the hardest time in, of the year to play because the golf courses are just coming out of the winter. They're not nearly as good a shape. Guys, when you go over to Norwood, you're going to see the best conditioned course you've ever seen in your life. The way this weather has broken with all of the hot, all of the, wa- the rain that we had a couple weeks ago, and then the really, really intense heat, the fairways are perfect, the greens are perfect. I, I love September. I, I, I think it's going to be a little warmer than guys were hoping for next week, but I, I, I love that. It's, it is the best. I'm with you 100%. And who do you have on the show on Sunday morning? So 
So I've got uh, Steve Spratt, who is the president of the Ascension Charity Classic, and he is uh, he reports directly to Nick Ragone. And then I've got Jerry Haas. Um, uh, he is currently the coach at Wake Forest University, but he is the nephew of Bob Golby, and he's Jay Haas's brother, and that Haas lineage in golf. And we, we talked about – he talked a lot about the Bob Golby 1968 – you know, Masters and how Roberto DiVincenzo signed for the wrong scorecard. And Bob Golby basically took the brunt of something that he, 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 he you know, didn't do anything wrong for. He, he won the Masters fair and square because his competitor signed for the wrong scorecard. But Bob was accused of cheating and all sorts of crazy stuff. So it was really neat to hear Jerry's perspective and what it was like to grow up with Bob Golby. Great stories. Jay, uh, as always, good to have you with us on the show. Thank you very much. Have a great holiday weekend, and we will see you next week. You're playing in the Pro-Am on Tuesday, right? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Randy. Then there's going to be a lot of ice baths and a lot of Advil (laughs) and probably a little little bit of red wine mixed in there just for good measure. And, yeah, I I can't wait. Guys, if you come out to follow me, just hide behind a tree. I haven't played a tournament in two years. Well, (laughs) I I will be out to see you, but I I will be there for the Pro-Am on Tuesday, so hopefully we'll be able to connect. Absolutely. I'll look for you, buddy. All right. Thanks, Jay. See you later. Uh, Jay Delsing with us on 101 ESPN, and he will be performing at the Ascension Charity Classic. And as Brooke mentioned, Nick Ragone will be here in studio at 815 to talk more about how you can get involved with the tournament next week here at Norwood Hills Country Club. But coming up next, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. Take It or Leave It next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Great to have you with us on the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Carrie Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Matthew Rocchio is here, and we do welcome your texts for Take It or Leave It to 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO! Okay, guys, uh, I, I like to be thought of as generally a nice guy, but I'm not always really nice. For the uh, most part. Hmm? For the most part. Except for that blackout uh, rage. Yeah, that happens. But yeah. uh, yesterday, we're having our uh, our show meeting. So we, to take you behind the curtain, after we get off the air, we go back at a conference table and we put together the next day's show. And uh, yesterday, during our post-show planning meeting, Matthew Rocchio announced that former... Cowboys general manager Gil Brandt had passed away. My reaction was not positive. Uh, take, take it or leave it. You thought at that moment that Randy Carricker was a total Richard. <laughs> oh. I did not leave it. I, I, what I what I thought was that you're honest, and I respect honesty. Thank so you. I had no issue with your feelings in that moment. It was a a... I wouldn't even say a moment of we. It was you being honest about how you felt about a person in that moment. I think it was striking just how quick your it reaction was. was. <laughs> it was because uh, I was like, yes. The words that came out. Of, I mean, I mean you're yes. But after we kind of processed it, like, oh, okay, that's your okay. feelings. Okay, let me, let me put that. it this way. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I give Randy the benefit of the doubt. I uh, I strapped on my st- I, I, I strapped on him like my, my story seatbelt. I was like, okay, something happened here to make you say that. So let me put it into this perspective for <laughs> Do you. Do you want okay? to say what you said? No. I, well, I don't think you can say I, what he said. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 I said blank Gil Brandt, yes. right? Yes. No, yes. no. You said blank that guy. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but he deserved it. Okay. So uh, mind me, you, immediately after Rocchio said he just passed away, and that was instant reaction. Instant reaction. Yes. Let me 
put it into a little perspective. I'm sure, not that I have gone to therapy, but I'm sure if I went to therapy and you could find the reason for my blackout rage, it would probably be the psychologist or psychiatrist would discover that the Dallas Cowboys ruined my childhood. Yes. Really? Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So, and Gil Brandt was at the helm of that. So many heartbreaking losses by the football Cardinals. As a matter of fact, I've told the story before. I'll be very brief here. I'll just say it this way. If it wasn't for the blanking Dallas Cowboys getting every blanking call, then the St. Louis football Cardinals would have never left and they would still be here. And so, blank Gil Brandt. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. No. I'm not mad at you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate the yards. No, I'm not at all. Golly. No, it happens. You were you were living your truth. Um, That's all I, that matters. You know, I can see this. Man, this is brutal. In my mind's eye, this is brutal. 1984. I I should get over it, right? 37 That's yard touchdown pass. Boom. Roy Green into his mitts. Touchdown. Randy. Offensive I, pass interference. Give me a break. I go to therapy, and and one of the <sighs> things I learned in therapy is trauma is what causes us to relive those moments mm. and we just keep replaying yes. the same and that's where the anger and the hurt so angst the angst just the the uneasy just not unsettled when you think about past trauma so yeah that you probably have we may have found your black outrage uh, i would i would say that gil brandt is a large part of the reason for the fact that i do have so uh, you know i'm, I'm, okay. I'm in agreement with you randy it's I, okay thank you and you know what uh <laughs> bob costa swing in here uh, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So we were talking about Ronald Acuna and how well he's performing this year. 30 mm-hmm. home runs, 60 stolen bases. First time ever in Major League Baseball history, which I find fascinating. Um, Shohei has done a few things this first time ever in, in Major League Baseball. Yeah. But Mookie Betts, because I talked about him, he's the, the odds-on favorite to win NL MVP. He's hitting... 317 with an OPS of 1.033. Take it or leave it. You'll take that every day of the week. Oh, take oh, it. I'm going to take <laughs> that. Where can we get, oh my can gosh. Can we get one of those? Can we get one of them? Yeah. yeah. Good. Mookie Bats yeah, is. Play a little center field. He's, he's playing multiple Short positions. Stop, Short stops. Short stops. Whatever you need. He's one of those athletes, too, from from Middle of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Middle Tennessee. But we like to say Middle of Tennessee. Blue Raiders. Blue Raiders. There oh. we go. He's not a Blue Raider, sadly, no. even though no. we will gladly accept him if he would like to be a part of the Honorary. alumni base. He literally, like, growing up, just hearing about him, could play whatever sport that he wanted. He also is a bowling champion, so you can see him on TV competing at that. Just one of those athletes that literally is gifted at whatever he you know, picks up just kind of like CD with cornhole last night. Oh, that was okay. He's a great bowler. He's uh, Mookie's he's, like the best bowler. Oh in the my world, god, right? he's he's a really good bowler. He's got three okay. official three hundreds, I think. Like in like in like yeah. league play, like regulated by the official like association and everything. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so Mookie Betts is going to turn thirty one on October seventh, and you grew up hearing about him. Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> He's, okay. he's, he was that good as a, as yeah. a teenager. Well, yes, he was. What do you mean? Yeah, just no, he was that. I'm just, the, yeah. He was like a, a legend, a, like, like a, 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 a high Michael school LeBron. legend. I'm right? saying like in high school. Yeah, because yeah, he's from yeah. the same area. And I right. actually knew some people that played travel baseball with him and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like people. He was also, Jalen Ra- Ramsey went to Smyrna, which was near where I grew up. Mm-hmm. So people heard about him, too. Yeah. yeah do you, so because he went to Smyrna. 
Is he okay or is he a thumbs down guy, Jalen? Uh, Smyrna was one of our rivals. Okay, so, so he's a thumbs, thumbs down, down guy. Got but it. yes, okay. I, I would say that Jalen Ramsey definitely was a lot more talented than anybody that I went to school with. <laughs> there was a there was a huge difference. So, okay. so take Mookie it. would be you in tennis. Oh yes, okay. I, I have a feeling that he could take it or leave it, guys. Old friend. Harrison Bader is back in the NL Central. I know on this show we have to specify NL Please, or AL. As we, oh, 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 Brock is walking out make, right now. It, it oh, makes no. for a much better show when we, when we specify Oh, no, we lost AL our producer. AL Central because it doesn't make a better show. Yes, it's. I. I just make sure that we we put we say NL Central, not AL Central, because we have to be very very specific. Take it or leave it, guys. Harrison Bader plus Ellie De La Cruz is going to be really exciting to watch for the Reds. Even though I, I and I thought um, I, I told you guys was that my take or leave the other day that he would be back in the division in the Central Division and. I wasn't expecting the Reds, but either way, I think it would at least be exciting to I, see those two together. I'm going to... If you'd have just said Ellie De La Cruz, I'd have said that. Take it. <laughs> I don't need... I don't they need. play with such joy, both of them. And he'll do is something... Is he going to play? Bader? Yeah. yeah he'll be the is center he, fielder. I know, but is he going to oh, play? Oh, yeah. yeah he oh, will. not get injured? injured? Is he going to be oh, injured? Oh, well, that's a great question. That's a very fair question, yeah, CD. When, yeah. when the spotlight is on, he's a... Five home runs in the playoffs last year for the Yankees. He's yeah. he's a guy that shows he, he up. Was, with, he was yeah, doing really well. By the yeah. way, the Cardinals at Cincy next week, and then they're here. Uh, the Reds are the last weekend of September. So it'll be fun to have Harrison Bader back in town wearing red. And hopefully he'll be able to grow his hair out a little bit. Yes. I think that? he will. How how quickly? Maybe that's the next take or leave it. How long will it take him to grow out his hair? A month? It should. His Two hair months? should not see a pair of scissors till the end of the season. Like, you should not trim it or anything. No. During COVID, he he had a bad play. I don't know if he dropped the ball or he, he made a mistake. And all the post-game interviews, Brooke, you'll remember this. All yes. the post-game interviews were on Zoom. And he went to the PR staff and said, hey, I'll go on. Uh, if you want me to talk about that bad play, I'll go on. Totally accountable. He's Just always, he was 100% always accountable. very accountable. Amazing how that works. Yeah. People tend to back off of you when you take mm. accountability for your actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. He's, you want, and uh, I, I thought the trade was fine. I still think the trade for Jordan Montgomery was fine. But Harrison, especially if you have a chance to for, to make the playoffs, Cincinnati Reds a good move. You want a guy like Harrison Bader on your side. Yes. Take it or leave it, Randy. You would take an unadulterated run of Cardinals football for the last forty years over a Super Bowl. Ooh. I'll take that. So the Cardinals never leave. They're still here to this day, yep. but you never get a Super so Bowl win. I get the huh. same, and this wow. is the 35-year anniversary of the Cardinals playing their first year in Arizona. Would I trade having the Cardinals here and getting ready to open up a week from Sunday over, yeah. over the Rams? Yeah, yeah, I would. I would I would take that last 35 years over the 21 years that we... 20 years? They haven't won whatever. a Super Bowl, so yeah, you, but but they you, were got in the, one. you got the, Yeah, you got in one. Yep. <laughs> yes, I, I would take having a team right now over... The time that we had, and we had five years. We had 99, 2000, 01, 02, 03. Let's give them 04 because yeah. they went 8 and 8. So even six years. We had six years. I would take having the franchise for the last 35 and f- into the future over what we got from the Rams. Yes. Mm. I would definitely take that because 
as, as much as I loved watching 99 through 01, I was I was young, and my first ever Rams game in person was 02, and so like yeah. I don't I did yeah. like that yeah. magic was not was kind of out of there by the time yeah. I actually started really getting into it. Uh, take it or leave it. If Jay says to hide behind a tree next week, the safest place to hide would be the middle of the fairway. Take it. <laughs> oh man, Jay, don't listen to that. Jay, cover your ears. <laughs> I'm going to write that joke down. That was great. That was great. Take it or leave it. The Bills are the one team that made the playoffs last year that will not make it this year. Oh, leave that. Ooh, I'm going to yeah, leave, it. I'm gonna leave that, That's, that. The division got harder for them with Aaron Rodgers joining. Yeah. So I, I think the Patriots aren't going to be good again. That's just my opinion. I agree with that. So you may have three teams. I don't know, though, because. There's so many teams in the AFC. How do how do all of those teams make it? Two or three teams from the AFC North could make it. Two to three teams from the AFC East could make it. Um, the AFC South. Hmm. Jacksonville, yeah, man. One team. Scary. I see Bengals and Ravens. I said two or three. Oh, Relax, okay. Rock. Okay. Not the Browns. <laughs> Not the Browns. But there's a black and gold team. that <laughs> You better. Yeah. Look out. Watch out. Yeah, you got two teams. <laughs> two, two in the West. And maybe Denver will surprise some people. But, Maybe you never know. Uh, you two in the way. Do you think Sean Payton is going to have yeah. a fix by them? Can we just take know. the South? <laughs> you never know. We just take the AFC South like guaranteed division winner out of the playoffs. Just like no. Get I, to the back. Doug Peterson's team. won a Super Bowl. Okay. Trevor Lawrence is on his way. That defense is is ascending. All but right. to, here, how about this one? Quick one. Uh, and we have a lot of Bills fans. But take it or leave it. If the Bills don't win this year, the window's closed. Oh. Diggs is unhappy. Uh, you know, I probably shows. because of Diggs and him, yeah. his his anger. Yeah. Seemingly, uh, I would probably take that. Yeah. And Bob Miller, by the way, going to miss the first four games. Yeah. Yep. Cornerbacks are volatile. If Tre'Davious mm-hmm. White falls off a little bit, yeah. their defense falls yeah. off. Uh, take it or leave it. The first NFL Sunday is the best day of the year to watch sports. Oh, I got to take that. Yes. Randy, that listen, it's gonna. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go by my local Starbucks, get a hot. Pumpkin spice latte. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sit on the couch for that kickoff, that opening kickoff. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to do, hopefully, well, my son might have a football game. I don't know. I got to check the schedule. But if he doesn't, I'm going to sit on that couch for about six hours and do nothing and watch football game after game, flipping from game to game and trying Some to chips and dip. just indulge all of the football that I can. Taking yes. nothing away from those glorious days. And they are. Although the weather's always perfect. I love you know, I, I like getting outside on those days, but there's nothing better than a Cardinals day opener, and then that's followed by going to a night a Blues night game. That was that. That my first day, my first opening day was pretty spectacular. I will say that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it is really fun. I was outside. I don't like being outside yeah. around people. There was a June day a few years ago. All these like, people! Oh my god! There was a June day a few years ago uh, in '19 where it was like a perfect like 78 degrees at the Cardinals game, and then there was a Blues playoff game later that night. And it was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is this is an ultimate sports Perfection. day. I'm I'm, I'm cool yeah. with doing this every day for the rest of my life if I had to. Well, and you have September and October, and typically the Cardinals are doing better than we've mm-hmm. seen this season. You're getting ready for yep, hockey season, yep, football season, yeah. college football, Good NFL. Sides. To me, this is like the sweet spot, typically, other yeah, than the Cardinals. It's what awesome. They're doing right and, now. And weather-wise, it's the best time of year. This is, September is absolutely 100% my favorite month. It's, yes. it's great. One well, last one. This one's for Brooke. Take it or leave it. The Blue Raiders cover the spread against the Tide. Take it. What's the spread What's like? Line? I don't know. <laughs> it's probably something ridiculous. Hold on. Let's find it here. we got to get to work. Uh, uh, so... Uh, so when we, I saw that Alabama was uh, 
their first opponent. I was like, well, that's something. 39 and a half point spread. Oh, they cover that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, 39. I'm going over to Illinois. Oh, there you go. I might (laughs) put a few dollars down on that. 39 and a half? Mm Mm-hmm. How, what 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 did the Blue Red? What did they do? When do they play their first game? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Oh, that's is, their first. Yes. Yeah. This Ooh. is they are facing Alabama for their first game, and then yeah. Mizzou for their second. Yeah. yeah. Coach Stock still has his hands full. That's for sure. Yeah, but they're they're good. They, they just got a good program. You could always count on them to have that great quarterback going and. Hey, <laughs> go in and clobber Mizzou on a homecoming game. Somebody did say first two days of the NCAA tournament. Those are pretty good. They are those pretty good. Those are really good as yeah. well. Were those better for you guys pre-pandemic when people would go to sports bars? I loved going to sports bars for the NCAA tournament. Now it's accessible to all of us at home and you can sit and watch. I, I, I liked watching people them with over. people. I yeah, think it's, I think it's good over. because people take off work. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to work these first. Like, And you can... Yeah. Anytime you can have a day where games are nonstop of something that you enjoy, I, I think those are, are really good days. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. And thank you very much for your text. Coming up, how concerned are you that the Pirates appear to have passed the Cardinals in the NL Central? And they aren't the only ones. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's Fresh Take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. The Pittsburgh Pirates have not finished ahead of the Cardinals in the standings for 30 years. And it appears that they are going to. As the teams start a three-game series tonight at the ballpark, the Pirates are 61-73. and 73. They are 13 and a half games behind the division-leading Milwaukee Brewers, and the Cardinals are 16 and a half. If the Cardinals would sweep the Pirates over the weekend, they would be even with the Pirates in the standings. Not only is that somewhat alarming, but the Brewers are in first place in the division, the Cubs are in second, the Reds are in third, and the Pirates are in fourth, Cardinals obviously, in fifth. But... At the moment, as we speak, MLB Pipeline has the Pirates' farm system rated as as the second best in all of baseball. They have the Brewers' farm system. They lead the division. Rated the third best in all of baseball. They have the Cubs' farm system, third in the division right now. Rated fourth in all of baseball. And they have the Reds as the number five farm system in all of baseball. Uh, How alarmed are you guys that the Cardinals, A, are in last place, and B, rank behind those other teams in terms of rankings for uh, farm systems? Those teams are 2, 3, 4, 5, and you have to scroll all the way down into the 20s to find the Cardinals. And granted, the Cardinals have brought a lot of players up, but right now their farm system is ranked 22nd, while their division mates are ranked 2, 3, 4, 5. Well, that, all, that always doesn't transfer into success at the major league level. I think that's the, my biggest thing to take away from that is just because you have maybe some of those highly touted after uh, prospects, that doesn't mean that that's always going to go to the major league level. I, I can't remember the stat off the top of my head, but how many of those top prospects actually make it to the majors? Yeah, it's about 50%. Yeah. Not, if that. Yeah, I wouldn't take too much. I wouldn't worry too much about it. I, I think what you said, Brooke, the the fact that the Cardinals' prospects for the most part are here. Mason Wynn is here. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Walker is here. Exactly. Um, 
Nolan Gorman, like the guys that would be in the minors, the younger guys that are really good, they're here and they're starting. So I don't take too much. uh, I don't worry too much about that because that seems to be, uh, you know, just where we are right now. And eventually those guys will be in the majors in the pipeline. The, The list will be much different. Yes, and then I think it's just going to take a few years, too, to really see how this plays out, right? Between the Cardinals and the others in the division of what is actually working. That's why you you hit it right there, CD, when it comes to you have Mason Wynn here, you have Jordan Walker here, and I know Tink Hintz, his numbers down in the minors haven't exactly been great as of late. It seems like he's battling with some sort of finger injury through while he's pitching, but Tink Hintz, once he gets here... Yes, I know. That's, we've seen how that goes. But <laughs> getting that core young group together, I think, is going to make a huge difference. And the Victor Scott seems to be another player that they are really high on. So you already have Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn getting those much-needed reps this season. I think that's going to pay off for the Cardinals, hopefully, by next year. I, I appreciate you guys' optimism. I think it's great. We're, yeah. we're being sunshine well, and lollipops yeah. Yeah. over here. And, and you know... If the pipelines are <clears throat> much better for those other organizations and the Cardinals are having have all of their guys here, it would also explain why they're fifth in the division and why they're struggling. They have younger guys. Um, now, their older guys need to play better as well. Mm-hmm. But the younger guys are still learning, still figuring things out, going to make mistakes. That comes with being a young athlete and, and, and young in your career, figuring out how to play the game the right way, and the Cardinals will do that. The thing that alarms me, and I, I hope the Cardinals' young stars – Specifically, the two people that you mentioned, Walker and Wynn, can rise to the occasion because it looks like Ellie De La Cruz is the real deal. Mm-hmm. I think O'Neill Cruz is going to be the real deal. Yes. I don't know what the Cubs are going to do in terms of Bellinger, but if they keep Bellinger, we know he's the real deal. And then the Brewers, they're going to have to keep their pitching around. That's why the, the Brewers are good is because of their pitching, but they have this incredible ability to develop pitching. And oh, by the way, uh, apparently there is consternation on the part of the Brewers in their front office. They might lose their manager after this season. He might resign and he might go join his former general manager with the Mets. That could happen. Uh, and so, yeah, the Mets report's very interesting, by the way. And yeah. then the Brewers, also all the rumors about possibly them being relocated because of the stadium. Yeah. I, there's a lot going on there with Milwaukee. Yeah, I just, uh, as and 1997, by the way, was the last year the Pirates finished ahead of the Cardinals in the standings. 1997. Wow. That's, uh, well, there's still time left this year. Yeah, there is. But maybe, it's just it's somewhat it alarming that uh, it, it, whenever you've been so dominant for so long and then you have a year like this, it... it sends up a red flag for me. It does. And that's completely fair because it makes you wonder how exactly we got to this point with the Cardinals this season. And when you point out that, when you point out the young prospects, you don't want to continue to find yourself in these situations where you're falling behind. Because what what happened this season with the Cardinals too, another thing when it came to pitching, who were they going to call up? Bullpen. Who are they going to call up? Well, that was part of the problem. The bullpen was they weren't able, they didn't have the flexibility, right? They couldn't send people down, couldn't move them around. Uh, if they did, they had to put them on waivers and potentially yep. lose them. So you didn't, you didn't want to do that. So they were kind of hamstrung in that terms of not being able to have that flexibility and move people up and down as needed. And hopefully all the trades for the young pitchers will enhance their ability to do that next year. That's today's Fresh Take. It's 8-12. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. One week from this morning, the Ascension Charity Classic will be underway at Norwood Hills Country Club, and we're going to talk to Nick Ragone about uh, what's 
happening over at the Ascension Charity Classic because everything gets underway on Tuesday with the Pro-Ams. Nick is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's going to be a busy week over at Norwood Hills Country Club. The Ascension Charity Classic will start next Friday morning. But before next Friday morning, there's a lot going on at Norwood. And we get a chance to talk with our friend Nick Ragone of the Ascension Charity Classic. And from Ascension, the Ascension Charity Classic presented by Emerson. And Nick, first of all, thanks for stopping by. It's always good to see you. I came bearing gifts. I have our official Cardinals Charity Classic hats. You know, uh, we had our bobblehead night. We had David Freeze. We're doing a collection with Rob Thomas and John Daly. And so I got to throw out the first pitch. I don't know if you saw that, Randy. But I did. It was impressive. It was a strike. I threw a little velocity, maybe a little high, but it was fun. It's like 96 is what I heard. <clears throat> 96, I'm floating a little bit away. I'll tell you what, though. Those balls are slippery. I actually had to put it on the warning track and grid it up a little bit. Uh I I was like, oh, my God. 60 feet, 6 inches, way further than you think. By the way, we're showing these caps on YouTube. When people go to the Classic, will they be able to purchase these? No, these are uh, special editions. These are special editions for those that went to the game Monday night and uh, the bobbleheads. And I, I tell you, people love bobbleheads, and they love commemorative stuff. Those things went quickly. Great. All right. Uh, before we get to the Ascension Charity Classic, a lot going on, including the uh, completion of the Ryder Cup team by the captain, Zach Johnson. What did you think of what came down with the Ryder Cup team? You know, it's interesting. I was glad that Brooks Kepka was chosen. It's not a competition between tours. It's a competition between a continent and a country. And he earned his way on. I mean, he nearly qualified in just three events. And so I was really happy to see that. I mean, he is a great player. He deserves on that team. I'm a little surprised that Justin Thomas was picked. He's been a stalwart. Yes, and he's a great player. He's had a miserable year. I do think the Ryder Cup process has turned a little bit into a click. You know, about eight years ago when when uh, the U.S. team lost and Phil and Watson went at it, the PGA of America really turned over control to the players. And I think it's swung a little far in the other direction now. It's become a little bit of a, a, a fraternity and a click. And I was surprised. I don't know how you keep Lucas Glover off that team. The guy won twice. And he also, since June, he's been, uh, hasn't been out of the top ten. So I was a little bit surprised. I think the U.S. team is is going to have a chance full. A, it doesn't do well in Europe. And B, if you look at the, the top of the European team, you have Victor Hovland, who's the best player on the planet right now, John Rahm, who's a stud, Rory at Terrell Hatton. Those are four big-time studs. Um, Scotty Scheffler is struggling a little bit right mm-hmm. now. I don't know that you have four comparable studs on the U.S. team. Nick, golf obviously is a uh, individual sport, but how important is the camaraderie for that Ryder Cup team, for, for guys to really get along and, and be friends? Is that an important thing, or does it even matter? I think it does. They talk about the team room a lot and the chemistry, and that's why Ricky's on that team. Ricky's played great, but Ricky's a team room guy, a chemistry guy, Jordan Speed too, JT. I mean, I do think it has a lot to do with that. I think the Europeans naturally are more bonded because they travel together on their tour, but I think chemistry is a big part of it, and that's why you saw that team. I was surprised you know, Lucas Glover wasn't on there, even though he's probably playing better golf than most of them because he is not one. He's not part of that clique. And even Keegan Bradley, you know, Keegan is a he's had a great year. He's been on a Ryder Cup before. I thought he'd have consideration. So it'll be, you know, to me, the Ryder Cup is, you know, tied with the Masters for the best drama in golf. 
It doesn't get any yeah, better. It's fantastic. Yeah, a lot of drama. Well, Justin Thomas, too, we've seen it hasn't been a great season for him on the PGA Tour. So there's some controversy possibly surrounding him getting that selection. But it is up to the captain to make those picks. But do you think that the gamble will pay off that his experience will work out in this situation? You know, that's a great question. Um, he has really struggled in every part of his game. His putting's been off. Tita Greeny's been off now. You can hide that a little bit in the Ryder Cup because you're playing four ball and best ball, and so it's a team sport. But it gets a little tricky in the singles. You get exposed a little bit. I think it's a gamble. He has really played miserable golf. Now, could he rise to the occasion? Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. But he struggled down the stretch. He put a lot of pressure on himself to make that team. He's out of form. And it's tricky to find your form in the most intense scenario you have in golf. I just think that's – I think if they had Lucas Glover or Keegan Bradley, two guys who are on the muscle and playing great golf, you wouldn't have to worry as much about it. But we'll see. It's a high-risk, high-reward situation. Nick, one of the epic things about the Ascension Charity Classic, one of my favorite things is the Legends uh, portion of the event that takes place on Saturday. And you've got your field set for next week. We do. We got our legends. You're not one of them, Randy. I know no. you think you are. You're not. <laughs> Man, no. uh, I think I am. Yeah. We got Chris Pronger, who's a legit legend, and Robert Thomas, another a budding legend. Coach Barubi's back. Ozzy's back. Uh, and then we got uh, Nancy Lopez and Hale Irwin. So we ha- and then we have a special legend, uh, our CEO from Stiefel, Ron Krzyzewski. So it's a lot of fun. You know, the first two years we've done it, we've had about eight to 10,000 people following the legends alone. And I- I've been out there with that group. It's amazing to see. I mean, it has a major feel to it. And they love seeing these guys. And I'll tell you, the first year, Coach and both Ozzy, Ozzy plays a ton of golf and is great. They were nervous. I mean, when you get up on mm-hmm. that first team, you see 8,000 people lined. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going into the board checking somebody you're not making a throw in the hole you got to sit there with the ball and produce and it's a lot of fun to see those guys and the fans really love it well and also just to get that support from from locals like them just shows how many people are buying into the ascension charity classic and see everything that you guys have been able to accomplish now you talked about some newcomers this year with chris pronger and robert thomas have you been able to scout them out or kind of see how their golf game is i you know i've been texting with pronger um they tell me he's a good player, I, and Thomas too. I think he played in the pro am last year with Bennington, so they've both been out there. I think, and but they're going to get. I guarantee you, they will get a case of the jitters on that first tee. Mm. Um, Ozzy did, and Ozzy plays as much golf as any human being. He's practically a professional golfer. In fact, I'll be playing <laughs> with him on the pro am on Thursday. But um, even he got, a, I think, a little anxious the first year. And I'll tell you, when we had Nicholas and Watson the first year, more people were screaming for Ozzy than they were for Jack and Tom. Yeah. I mean, mm. the local legends, just people love coming out and seeing him. It's amazing how, as you said, a guy could be a Hall of Famer in one sport, but doing something like swinging a golf club, it's already nerve-wracking when no one is watching, mm-hmm. but you got 8,000 people out there staring at you, wondering how you're going to hit this ball, and it, all eyes are on you. It, it really can become uh, one of those things where you're like, oh my goodness, this is this is maybe too much. It takes you out of your comfort zone. I just wish, uh, I'm playing with Randy on our Tuesday program, it's not open to the public, I oh, wish you were playing on goodness. Thursday in front of the public, Randy, just to see <laughs> you go through that. Oh, uh, we, well, we can absolutely get cameras oh, on Randy. Man, you got to have, listen. We're going to be playing with Paul Stankowski. Yet. You haven't seen the Blackout Rage yet. I don't Blackout Rage on the golf course. No? Blackout no. Rage. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, is that a thing? Is that, yeah, it yes, kind of is. is a thing. Um, we're playing, <laughs> by the way, we're playing with Paul Stankowski on Tuesday, who's been playing great on the Champion Store, and uh, my good friend Pat Britt, who's like the eight-time club champion at Norwood, so no pressure no, there. No pressure. I, I'm looking forward to it. I really appreciate you inviting me out. And I've been hitting it okay for me, but uh, I, I'm certainly not going to carry the crew, but I'm, I'm thrilled that I'm going to get we're an not, opportunity. We're not counting on you to carry the crew. I, I appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Don't worry. I'll try to add some 
some sports talk to the mix. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll have a good time. And the course is glorious. It looks sensational. And the weather is going to be good. And people, if they want to come out, like I said, the Thursday Pro-Am is open to the public. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, people still have the ability, to, if they want, to get out to the Ascension Charity Classic. How can they do it? Go to AscensionCharityClassic.com. We still have uh, week passes. We have our Club 314, which is a lot of fun. And Thursday is open to the Pro-Am and uh, open to the public, the Pro-Am. And a funny story the first year, um, I had forgot that we opened up Thursday to the gate. And at about noon, I was having lunch with the commissioner. And somebody came in and said, we have about 5,000 people on the grounds. And they were mostly following John Daly. And I looked at the commissioner. I said, is that normal? And he said, yeah, for a Saturday. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a big, we get a lot of people come out on Thursday. They love the pro-ams. And Friday is going to be great. And the weather should be good. And our good friend Jay Delsing is in the field. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. And people can go to ascensioncharityclassic.com for more ticket information and to get out there. And it makes for a fabulous weekend. And by the way, even if the weather is uh, is hot, there are plenty of opportunities to be cool if you're making your way around Norwood Hills. A lot of good beverage, a lot of good food. It's a great time. You know, the parking, it's easy to get in and out of. In the first two years, the biggest compliment we got was how easy it is how great Norwood is and how easy it is to get in and out and spend a Friday, Saturday, Sunday outside with friends and family, eating, drinking, and watching the best golfers in the world. And finally, John Daly is good to go. He'll be here. And JD will be in there. He's raring to go. Um, I heard that um, the local schnooks has stocked up on party bag size of there M&Ms for him nice. and yes. Diet Coke and uh, maybe some cigarettes and other stuff. And, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. and some other stuff. He's uh, He is a, a, the Pied Piper of golf. There's nobody like JD. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, fortunately for you guys, you don't have to subject yourself to seeing me play with such accomplished golfers on Tuesday. Oh. But I, I'll, I'll, I'll hit some shots. Hit them straight. You're that's good. A, that, that's, yeah. that's my goal is to hit yeah. a few straight. I'm looking exactly. forward to it. I'm gonna, I have to play all weekend to prepare. Uh, it's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and Matthew. And coming up, we have the fight. Do you need a fighter, Matthew? We do need a fighter. All you need to do is text in to 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. With your name and the word fight. And if you'd like to participate on this last fight before the last summer holiday weekend of 2023, then uh, text in now to... 3014-399-9646, and we'll have a fight next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, Average Joe. to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Vince. Vince, how you doing? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing Good. wonderful. Are you ready to take on Randy <laughs> Carriger? Well, let's see how this Labor Day weekend starts. Well, Vince, you have a, a, a great opportunity here. Uh, it's Friday. We don't have work on Monday. <laughs> And so we're putting, yes. I, I'm putting a lot of pressure on you today to beat Randy Carricker so that he can stew over this for three whole days. I'll give it my best. All right, here we go. Before last night's record-breaking home run to make Ronald Acuna the first ever 30-60 player, the highest home run total for a 60 base stealer was 28. Who set that mark? Was it Lou Brock, 
Hanley Ramirez or Ricky Henderson? Uh, let's go Lou Brock. All right. Question number two, and this is going to sound a little familiar at first, but different question in the end. So before last night's record-breaking home run to make Ronald Acuna Jr. 30, the first ever 30-60 player, the highest stolen base total for a 30 home run hitter was 52. Who set that mark? Was it Barry Bonds, A-Rod, or Eric Davis? Uh, let's go A-Rod. Since the advent of the preseason polls in 1950, in the 1950s, only two football programs have ever gone number one wire to wire. Florida State was one. Who was, was the first in 1999? Who has done it since? Is it the 2004 USC Trojans, the 2006 Ohio State Buckeyes, or the 2016 Alabama Crimson Tide? All right. Is that where you're going? Final answer? Yeah, final answer. All right. We always like to celebrate birthdays here. So happy birthday to J.D. Drew. Which team selected Drew second overall the year before the Cardinals would take him fifth, refusing to sign because of a contract dispute? Was it the Mets, the A's, or the Phillies? Uh, let's go with the, uh, the Oakland A's. All right, we'll double-check our score, and we will bring in Randy Carricker. Vince, h- how well do you feel about the things that I needed you to get done for today? <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't count on me now. <laughs> Come on. We got to have, have confidence. Randy is uh, always easier when you're not on the phone. Yeah, I, I, Trust me, I've done the fight a few times. It is much easier. It's easier for me when I have the answers. So I get it. <laughs> Randy, say hello to Vince. Vince, good morning. How you doing? Doing well. Looking to take you down from East Tennessee. I love that. Yeah. Oh, doctor. Oh, yes. Yeah, good luck. Is that Balls Country or what? Where, is that Tennessee Balls? I well, guess the whole state the is Balls Country. The whole state is, is Country, right. country but cool. yes. Okay, Brooke, you just want to give us like 30 seconds of Rocky Top? No, I, I shouldn't do that because okay. Mizzou got a win Rocky last top, night. I'm not going to do that. Tennessee. I'll see. You know what? We're you loyal you to you, Illinois. There you go. We're orange and blue, Illinois. We'll back you to stand against the best in the land, for we know you have sand. Hey, you turn my mic off? Okay. <laughs> Illinois, rah, 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 rah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you, you're right, Brooke. Illinois hasn't put 60 up on Mizzou the last two years. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's that. Oh. All right, here we go. <laughs> Before last night's record-breaking home run to make Ronald Acuna the first ever 30-60 player, the highest home run total for a 60 base stealer was 28. Who set that mark? 28 homers and 60 stolen bases. Ooh, this is a good one. It's obviously recent. Um, I would, well, maybe not. I will go. I'm going to say Barry Bonds with the Pirates. I'm going to go with him. All right. Before last night's record-breaking home run to make Ronald Acuna Jr. the first ever 30-60 player, the highest stolen base total for a 30 home run hitter, hitter was 52. Who set that mark? So 30 and 52. 30 home runs, 30 home runs stolen bases. Stolen bases. Yes. Um, hmm. I'm thinking, well, I'll do the lifeline on this one. I, I have a person in mind, but I'm going to do the lifeline. Barry Bonds, 
Aaron <laughs> or Eric Davis. Why are you laughing at me? Ooh, Eric Davis is good. Is it because you saw what I just did? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with Eric Davis. <laughs> it was inconvenient. Oh. Bad timing on my part to put oh. a muffin in my mouth. All right, Since the advent of preseason polls in the 1950s, only two football programs have ever gone number one wire to wire. Florida State was the first in 1999. Who has done it since? Florida State in 99. I'm going to just play the chalk here and go with Alabama because they've won so many championships and they've been expected to win so many championships. I'm going to go with Alabama Crimson Tide. All right. I am finished with my muffins, so here's question four. Happy birthday to J.D. Drew. Which team selected Drew second overall the year before the Cardinals would take him fifth, refusing to sign because of a contract dispute? I believe that would have been the Philadelphia Phillies. And who was his agent? Scott Boris. No way. Who could have seen that one coming? And then when he went to Philadelphia as a member of the Cardinals, he got batteries thrown at him. Those hey, those Philly fans are—they're uh, serious. They are. Yeah. Also, yeah. we're we're very serious here on the fight because we have another tie. Hey. Wow! Yeah. Another low-scoring tie here. Can our man from Tennessee take down Randy Carricker? We'll see about that. We're going to go through the the not the answers, excuse me, the question or the rules really quick for the tiebreaker question. I will read the tiebreaker question. We'll then give Randy a moment to write down his answer. After Randy has written down his answer, shown everyone, we will then let you give your answer for the tiebreaker. Are you ready, Randy, with your paper? I'm ready. All righty. And are you ready on the phone? I'm blanking on the name. Vince. 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 That's it. My God. Sorry about that, Vince. Vince. All right, here we go. I'm ready. Ready. In his first three years as a pro, Vince Coleman stole 100 bags in every season. How many total bases did he steal in his first 450 games played in those first three seasons? Mm. His first three years as a pro, Vince Coleman stole 100 bags in every season. How many total bases did he steal across those first three seasons, 450 games played? Mm. Giving Randy a moment to write down his answer here. Hmm... Um. Yeah. Okay. I got it. All right, Randy. Uh, hold on. I, I did math. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, we have hold Randy Carricker's answer. Wow, you showed your work. <laughs> Vince, <laughs> Good job. Vince, Thank what you. is your guess, sir? Let's do three hundred ninety-five. All right, a little math here, and we have a winner in today's fight. Was Vince able to come in on a Friday before a long weekend? So we would. If he wins, he we have to stew with it over three whole days, and Randy's going to come in extremely angry on Tuesday. It'd be a fun fight for everybody involved, except for me. Or does Randy Carricker get to ride off into the sunset of a long weekend with another Mega Mind victory? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis. With the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Ready? Oh, oh, you need this. <laughs> <laughs> just just sound so it. Just sound it. 
just yeah. you know what? It's almost was, more disrespectful to Vince that you didn't have the sounders I, ready, I, Randy. I, I was prepping. I was prepping for the next segment, actually. Sorry about that. Just got silent. I'm sorry. We do have food in here distracting us. I'm sorry, us. So I think I'm that sorry that's Vince. The, the, yeah. the silent cold shoulder from Randy Sounders oh, do indicate man. that he got a victory in the tiebreaker day. You guessed 395. Randy Carricker, hold up your guess for the camera and everybody. Um, my guess Randy, was work included here. Work included. It was 315. He stole 326 bags across those three seasons. So Randy Carricker just edges you out on the tiebreaker today, Vince. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Y'all have a long weekend. Appreciate yeah, it. We thank will. you. We'll have a long weekend. Go through those answers. It was a tough one today. Each one of you got one correct. For last night's record-breaking home run to make Ronald Acuna the first ever 30-60 player, the highest home run total for a 60-base sealer was 28 with Ricky Henderson, who did it two different times. Also before last night, the highest super, the, the highest stolen base total for a 30-home run hitter was 52, and that was set by Barry Bonds. Since the advent of preseason polls in the 50s, only two programs have ever gone number one wire to wire Florida State in 99 and USC in 2004 uh, Alabama had two different chances before getting stopped by Clemson wow. and happy birthday to JD Drew he was in fact selected by the Philadelphia Phillies second overall he they refused to give him the 10 million dollars guaranteed that Scott Boris wanted he went and played uh, one year in independent baseball and then got drafted by the Cardinals a little bit later signed a 7 million dollar contract and then the rest was history so a 1-1 tie and then a win in the tiebreaker for Randy Carricker today again Vince thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Vince. Have a great weekend. Vince with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we'll be joined by our Blues insider, the one, the only, Jeremy Rutherford, is next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Gary, Randy, we always like to uh, welcome Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic, to the Celebrity Line. Good morning, JR. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me and doing especially well this morning because uh, I might win something. As you guys know, uh, I'm always listening to the the station on the app. It's the first thing I do when I pop up in the morning. That's not a plug. I actually do that all the time. And my phone beeped this morning and said that I've listened enough that I qualify for a prize. So I'm waiting. Oh, that's great. Mike Ryder, what that is. (laughs) What's your prize? We'll, we'll yeah. figure this out. We do appreciate you being as avid a listener <laughs> as you are. And then you get to participate in the show, too. Yeah, this is the best part. Uh, you joining you guys, I'm looking forward to it uh, all season. You know, we've been talking the past couple of weeks and hit on a few topics. But, uh, hey, listen, we're getting going here in a couple of weeks, and we're going to talk about some concrete stuff and line changes and who's banged up and uh, who's the next opponent, all kinds of good stuff coming up. So I'm looking forward to a little more tangible conversation. Okay, so we've got co- Coach, we've got Chief in the uh, Ascension Charity Classic uh, Legend Series next week. We've got Robert Thomas, and we've got Prongs. Give us a, a, a ranking <laughs> of those three hockey people in terms of their golf acumen. Robert Thomas, Baruby, and, and Chief, those are the three and here. Prongs. So Robert yeah. Thomas, Prongs, and, and, and Chief, yeah. Prongs and Chief, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with Pronger because uh, if he's listening, I don't want him mad at me. And also, <laughs> he is always the smartest guy in the room. So if, if you told him that he wasn't, didn't have the best acumen, highest acumen, he'd tell you that he did. So we'll go with him. <laughs> 
And then I'm going with Chief because he can decline uh, interviews, so I don't want to get him upset. <laughs> and then we'll go Robert Thomas because, uh, Randy, you know, way back when, when I started uh, covering the Blues, I was about the same age as these guys. But now I'm older than Robert Thomas, so I can kind of put him in third there. Yeah, Nice. And he's a, uh, his favorite thing, aside from hockey, is to get out and play golf. He's a really good golfer. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I'm intrigued about watching those guys next week. Yeah, you're right. He does uh, love the golf. I would think, though, when, I, when I'm when i around these young guys like a Cairo and a Thomas and, and you know, Jake Wallman, those guys, uh, you know, back in the day, uh, I think video games is second, third, fourth, and fifth on their list, and then, yeah. mm-hmm. and then golf. So I heard you guys' conversation, of course, listening all the time, heard your conversation the past couple of days about these young guys in the video games. So uh, I can fully agree with, uh, with that assessment. Jerry, I thought you were going to say Pronger would be the best because he has the most time in comparison to the other two. They're, they're a little bit busy. They don't have as much time to, to play golf, right? Yeah, that's a good point. But uh, Prongs, you know, in the business industry and, you know, has his uh, travel company and, and some other things. So a busy guy. But, uh, heck, you heard uh, Nick earlier. We're going earlier. He said that uh, he's texting Prongs all the time and they're yapping about the golf. So I do think that uh, he gets out probably more than those other, other two guys. Oh. Well, JR, you have a great article right now out on The Athletic talking about Blues Colton Pareko is the title of it. Blues Colton Pareko focus on winning back fans, quieting trade talks in 2020. 2024. So in this article, there's a lot of things addressed, specifically the part that I just mentioned there in that title, the fans frustrations, because you even address that in like the, I believe the second paragraph where fans maybe considered him a little bit too soft. And you give the perspective from Colton on how he feels about things. What is the mindset from Colton going into the season? And he definitely talks about in the article, his frustrations with himself and how everything's went last season. Yeah, thanks for setting it up, uh, Brooke, like that, because, uh, you know, trying to explain, you know, where the interview goes and and where the player takes you a little bit is, you know, I don't know that I've ever interviewed an athlete, and Kerry can probably attest to that, where their focus and their drive is the fans. To me, that's that's never the case. They want to play well, and they want to play well for themselves, for their teammates, and, and, and then with that comes whether you know, the fans can appreciate the way they play, so on and so forth. And so with Colton Pareko, just because there's been so much conversation uh, the past couple of years uh, about the fans and, and being critical of them and the way he plays, so on and so forth, that I definitely wanted to address that with him. And, and he said, hey, look, I had a tough season last year, but I do feel, looking back, that that's one of eight years, and I feel like I can bounce back and have a good season. And, of course, we all want to play better for the fans, you know, they're paying the hard money and, and, and coming to the games and watching us. So I think with that hard work to make himself a better player and bounce back, he hopes that people will see that. And I think that's where that fan aspect comes in. I, I know he would never uh, make an excuse, but did he ever mention if he was injured at all at any point last year? Because he looked like he was maybe moving a little bit slower than, than in the past. Yeah, and see, that's another thing, Kerry, that as a reporter, when you're talking to these athletes, um, you know they're not going to tell you everything, right? And so... You know, when you talk to Colton Preco, which I've done a couple of times in the past couple of years and flat out asked him, you know, has the back been bothering you? He said, no, I've been fine. So he only played 32 games a couple of years ago in that shortened season. I believe he, he missed uh, 21, um, but he's come back and, and played almost every game since then. Uh, and at times it does. It looks like he's laboring. It looks like there's something wrong with him. It looks like he's not the Colton Preco that we, we remember from a few years ago. Yeah. How, how long? Uh, I think it was... 
uh, since I listen a lot, I know that it's about a week back. Oh, <laughs> JR, well done, no. JR. Proud of you. Good job. Appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> these so, back yeah. issues. It's 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 yeah, a problem. You know, can't miss one of those. So I, I so you talk to him about it, and he tells you, "Hey, look, it's not a problem." So Carrie, you know, is it a problem every once in a while? Is it a problem that he just want, doesn't want to admit to? Uh, it could be, but he claims that there's no issue, and he's been on the ice for these games, so it's not like he's missed a, a ton of action because of it. What about his partner? And as you reported, the Blues were interested in Travis, uh, trading for Travis Sanheim earlier this offseason to try to get him. Colton Pareko, a partner. They've done it with Letty. They've done it with Scandella. It seems like that's like a never-ending pursuit for Doug Armstrong to get the right partner for Colton Pareko. Yeah, it really has been. And and Colton and I talked about uh, Jay Bolmeister and what a great pair they were. Uh, they were a shutdown pair, of course, in the 2019 Cup run. I went back and looked back just to, to verify it. I mean, Colton Pareko got Con Smythe votes in that Stanley Cup run, and that's how good they were with Jay Bullmeister. Since then, they haven't been able to find a partner that has really meshed with them. You had Marco Scandella, you had Nico Mikula, uh, Tori Krug's been up there a bit, and they just haven't been able to find that guy. And Randy, what's interesting about the name Travis Stanheim, Philadelphia, and if people aren't uh, you know, familiar, that was the trade that was in place. If Tori Krug accepts the, the deal to go to Philadelphia, Travis Sanheim would have been involved uh, coming here to St. Louis. And, and when I worked on this Colton Pareko story, the name that kept coming up in a lot of the analytics uh, was Travis Sanheim. And when I say that, I'm talking about uh, defensive zone starts. And, and he was really good in that area. So I think that even though Travis Sanheim Philadelphia had the monster contract, he's starting an eight-year deal this year. And people said, you know, why bring in another guy with a long-term contract? Perhaps that was a situation where moving Krug, you put Sanheim, with Colton Preco, maybe Nick Letty slips down and plays with Justin Falk, and you kind of have a different look with that top four. Perhaps that's what they were aiming for. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, you know, Colton Preco, they still continue to find that right partner for him. JR, wouldn't most people say they don't think that it should matter who Colton Preco is, he, who he's playing with? He should be the one uplifting the player next to him, not the other way around. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think, uh, you know, I think back when you asked that question to. I've written a ton of stories about Al McKinnis and Chris Pronger over the years, talking about Pronger again. And that's the number one thing that all of, all of their ex-teammates and coaches say is it didn't matter who played with those guys, they made them better. And listen, I don't know at this point that anybody is looking at Colton Preco and putting him on the same pedestal as a McKinnis and a Pronger. These are Hall of Famers and have their numbers up in the rafters, so on and so forth. So maybe, you know, he just – isn't that type of player where he can lift you up. But to me, with the physical attributes he has and the experience he has winning a Stanley Cup, and heck, we've seen it. We've seen it in that Stanley Cup run. You know, he's got to be able to pull 50, 60% of the weight, regardless of who his partner is. And if he's not making that player better, at least be consistent himself. And he hasn't done that, at least last year, and then a little bit before that with that shoulder. Well, my, oh, sorry. Ahead, I was just going to say, my big takeaway from the article, not to give too much to uh, too much away, because it is fantastic. It's a fantastic read, as always, um, is that he wants to win back the fans and that it just felt like he was thinking too much last season. So was there any other details that he gave you about how he's going to approach this season mindset wise? Anything that he's been working on this offseason? Yeah, that's the thing, and, and it's, it was a little bit hard to convey in the article, but, uh, you know, when his number one takeaway from last season is that he was just hesitating, he was thinking too much, he wasn't jumping like he usually jumps, you know, I, I kind of paused and I looked at him, I say, hey, listen, 
if, if you need to work on your shot, you can go work on your shot. If you need to work on face-offs, you can go work on face-offs. But mentally, how do you work on not thinking as much as you did and, and just react? And, you know, he said that he watched the video, he sees where he's pausing, he's hesitating, and just realizes he needs to keep the mind free and just be able to react in those situations. You know, part of this, too, I think we're going to learn as the weeks go on here with the new uh, coach, Mike Weber, on defense. You know, how can they react in the system? The Blues did make some defensive tweaks last year. You know, Colton probably, um, you know, just being as polite as he can, said, hey, it wasn't enough to make a difference. But some of the things they were doing last year, perhaps that led to these defensemen, including Colton Pareko, not being being able to react like they normally do. And so we'll see what Mike Weber comes in here and installs and see if it's a system in which Colton Preco feels comfortable enough that he can just jump into the play. Jer, what's you going on? What's going on for the three day weekend? You got a barbecue set up or anything? Yeah, we are. Uh, this is the big family extended family trip to the Hoosa River, and we got a nice big log cabin lodge that sleeps about twenty and uh, have a blast. So we'll be getting down there tonight and uh, coming back on Monday. So. Uh, looking forward to it. Have a great time. Be careful, and we will talk to you next week. And right around the corner, we've got uh, Blues Training Camp. Here we are. It's it, it is September, and uh, so with that, we're going to have Blues Training Camp. Excited? There we go. <laughs> yeah, the music going Blues and Brews too on September twenty second. Yep. So we'll yep. see everybody out there. Yep, absolutely. Thank you, Jr. Hey, thanks, guys. See you, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider. Do you remember? When it comes time, September. This is my favorite listen to very loud song. Just, oh, yeah. wait, wait, we can't play it. Just okay, a real quick tidbit because we're talking about the blues. This was actually when they were trying to find uh, songs mm-hmm. for their Stanley Cup run. This was one they were considering, mm-hmm. and then they eventually went to Gloria. Gloria wound up being Seriously. pretty good. Yes. Yeah. Rock, you're a party sure. pooper. Matthew just, he uh, he, he just got he, really fi- is. he just got fined by the NFL. He's just- <laughs> <laughs> a party pooper. Yeah. No oh. fun. It's okay. You're no fun, you just dancing and having your, fun in your the job, studio. Your job is to keep us from having fun. Good. Yep. <laughs> proud of you. Yeah. Glad you're proud. You wake up every morning. You're 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 the uniform what police, can I do right? Today? To stop you from what can, I, what can I do to no. keep you all from having am, fun today? I am simply the traffic guard. Uh, I am the I am the traffic cop of this show. That's all yeah. I am. Where's your badge? Where's I, your sash? I, I don't know. He's like the hall hall pass monitor, isn't he? A little bit. Where's yeah. your hall pass? What are you doing in here? Be in the classroom. We gotta go to break. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time to recap the biggest sports stories of the day on the opening drive with a rush hour reset. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. It's 9.03 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley, Kerry Davis, Randy Carricker, Matthew Rocchio. It is Labor Day weekend. And so in about 15 minutes, we're going to talk to Chris Schaefer from Heavy Smoke Barbecue. As a matter of fact, he's walking through the door in just a moment. And we're going to talk about barbecuing for your holiday weekend. So we're looking forward to that. But right now it's time for our Rush Hour Reset. Lindenwood rolls Wisconsin-Stevens Point last oh. night at Hunter Stadium. 77-9, Cole Duggar, their new quarterback. 9-14 for 263 yards and four touchdowns with no picks. And LU off to a 1-0 start. The Division One team that plays here in the St. Louis metro area. Oh, and our state you. team, 
M-I-Z-Z-O-U, 35-10 over South Dakota. And just as head coach Eli Drinkwitz said was going to be the, the case, the two quarterbacks, <laughs> Brady Cook and Sam Horn, splitting well, well, time. Not, Randy, it, it was not not really. I mean, one guy threw 21 passes, the other one. Oh, there you go. No, it didn't happen. I don't know if it's your fault, though. I I think you were just repeating what you were told. And when you're told something, you you should believe it. Yeah, and it's 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 very interesting because with Brady Cook, there was a difference. 17 of 21 last night for 172 yards and two touchdowns. And then Sam Horn took over in the second half and I get it like when you go with one quarterback in the first half and the other one the second there's probably going to be a difference um three for five uh, with 124 good, yards and a touchdown oh, and an interception oh I thought you were talking about baseball no no three for five is a good day at the plate <laughs> you're so right yeah. that, is, that was a great day hey he is a baseball player too so it's just uh very similar to that so of course, on social media, people on an uproar. I think Eli Drinkwitz predicted that people might be a tad bit upset because it looks like some favoritism. So here's what Eli had to say in the, his post game about what he thinks about what people are going to say about Brady Cook getting some more touches. But I'm not going to let any of y'all decide. I'm not going to let public perception decide. We'll make a decision within these walls. And we'll go with it. But I'll be honest, none of y'all's opinions matter at all. So write them what you want. Say what you want. It don't matter. Nobody cares. In this locker room, nobody cares. They don't. They're, they're, we're going to prove it on the field, so nobody cares. So you can write your opinion if you want to. I'm almost going to go Nick Saban. I'm not going to tell you, so quit asking, but I'm not. So that was uh, that was Eli Drinkwitz on the quarterback competition. Of course, people asking questions about if Brady Cook, because he did say, just to recap, he did say that they were going to see which quarterback between Brady Cook and Sam Horn kind of takes the lead, especially after this first game, and as they navigate this two-quarterback possibly system. But mm-hmm. it seems like, based on his post-game comments and what you saw on the field, that Brady Cook definitely has a leg up on the competition. He even mentioned that. And what he's talking about there with uh, what he's not worried about with what people will be saying. Well, the people did have a lot to say about that. So, what is what is you guys' take on that? My, my first take, and I'll be very quick. Mm-hmm. Before you channel Nick Saban, try to win more than six games in a season. <laughs> and I like Eli, but don't channel Nick Saban unless you're going to win more than six games in a season. Well, I think my my takeaway from that comment would be, yeah, you're you're probably never going to a win, never going to win when you're attacking the media, and that felt like mm-hmm. he was from an attack place. Like you're, you don't have to tell anyone. It's your program. You do what's best for your program, mm-hmm. and you leave it at that. We're gonna make the decision inside these walls, and what you say doesn't matter to us. Hey, we let both guys play, and it'll sort itself out. We do want both of them to get an opportunity, but here's the bottom line. The best person is going to play, the best person to win the job, and that's who's going to get the reps. And when we decide that we have figured out which one of those guys that is, then we will. you will know because they will be playing the majority of the snaps, and that will be the way it will be going forward. You don't have to attack the media and be so defensive unless you – the only time people really get defensive is when they are unsure themselves mm-hmm. or when they're not confident themselves. And so if you're not confident or unsure, mm-hmm. then it comes off as you want to attack someone and become on the offensive as opposed to just 
being confident and comfortable in who you are and what you got going on. And I can tell you guys, being on the media side, having gone over to Columbia to cover Mizzou, not that I've done it that frequently in my career, but I have gone over there, especially when I was more on the TV side of things. And Mizzou football has always treated me so well, even during the Barry Odom era, very open and honest and welcoming to Mm -hmm. St. Louis media. But here's the thing, when you're talking about media, and you guys can go and listen to the entire press conference, it's a small market, so the people who are covering Mizzou there are a lot of students and people who are newly graduated. Nothing against them, but they also are in a tough situation where they're not asking super tough, intense questions. I've sat in those pressers where you have Eli Drinkwitz talking to media members. They're not hounding him with super intense, tough questions. It's kind of more fair questions, and I think it's fair to ask about Brady Cook and the situation. So I agree with you, CD. I'm kind of I was a little thrown off by you know, his kind of how he was very tense in that post game. It's it's fair questions to ask. And I'm sure if you go through it, they're at, being asked in probably the nicest way possible. People talk about St. Louis media being soft. Mm-hmm. Well, there at Mizzou, they're teetering on the line of that more because they're younger, they're students. They don't have much of, you know, that background with it. And that's nothing against them. But it's also the expectation of how media handles themselves there is that you're not going, there's nothing else there but Mizzou. So you kind of have to play into that. And here's another way I look at this. And it might be egotistical from a media standpoint, but for better or worse, I believe that the people that cover the team are representatives of the fans. And when Eli Drinkwitz is saying, we don't care what you think, media, we don't care what you think, fans. To me, you should try to endear yourself to the fans. And Carrie, the way that you laid it out is perfect. Hey, we're going to let this thing play out and we're going to pick the best guy. May the best guy win. But don't tell... The fans, essentially, we don't care what y'all think. But And you may have to tell them we're going to pick the best guy, may the best man win. You may have to say that three, four, five mm-hmm. times. And you it, just keep just saying, saying it. it. Yeah. yeah. And eventually... Well, I guess that's the answer. You don't have to you don't have to be offensive and attack the media in that manner because that sounds and it feels, you know, it se- it just seems like a person that is un- unconfident in what they're doing. And the other thing it does. And again, I Eli Drinkwitz and I are friends, so it's uh, I, I like Eli a lot. But at the end of the day, he did say they're going to split time, and then well, they, they did. didn't. They did kind of. Oh yeah, it but was, it was they, very short. Yeah, and and that's the whole point of why it's even a discussion, right? Is because of what he said beforehand. Then you have the results yeah. of what happens. So then you just stick by it. It's okay to pivot and change things. And who cares what people write right. and say? Because you're confident in what you have and who you're going to go with as your quarterback moving forward. It's just, it's so defensive. Any, any coach whose first response to be like, you're writing things to get at my guys in the locker room. To your point, they're writing things because the fans have an interest in the team. No one's writing about this quarterback competition to take shots at Sam Horn, especially not anybody in that room. There might be some crazy people, but nobody in that room is writing like some malicious thing to get at your guys in the locker room. They're not writing for the guys in the locker right. room. They're writing for the fans. You are just in your head. Cardinals are off today, or were off yesterday. They'll play the Pirates today the ballpark 715 Dakota Hudson against Mitch Keller and that game can be seen on Valley Sports we're going to talk to Chip Carey at the bottom of the hour Cardinals back in action we mentioned earlier Ronald Acuna becoming the first ever 30-60 man in Major League Baseball 30 homers 60 stolen bases he also got married yesterday and his team won 8-7 over the Dodgers and St. Louis City SC playing tomorrow night at KC 
Go SC beat KC, uh, formerly the Kansas City Wizards, by the way, a better name than the name that they have now. But I know there's a lot of people traveling over to Kansas. Yes, this team is based in Kansas. Have a great time. St. Luligans and St. Louisans have a great time. I know Bradley Carnell told us yesterday he hopes to see a ton of red in the stands, and uh, we hope they do, and we hope that St. Louis City SC comes home with a victory over Sporting KC. There was a report that there's about 50% of tickets right now that have been sold to St. Louis addresses. <laughs> oh. nice. oh. love this. It'll be a sea yeah. of red in, in, inside of that blue stadium. Love It'll be it. fun to watch. I yeah. love that. Yeah, Go SC tomorrow. All right, that is your Rush Hour Reset. Coming up, it is a holiday weekend, a summer holiday weekend, our last one, Labor Day weekend. Are you going to be barbecuing? We've got some ideas for you with our friend Chris Schaefer from Heavy Smoke next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. All right, it's the last big barbecue weekend of the summer. I know that a lot of us are going to be barbecuing well beyond Labor Day, but it's the last holiday of the, the summer. Memorial Day, 4th of July, and now Labor Day weekend. And we always like to talk a little barbecuing before we get ready for one of these weekends. And Chris Schaefer from Heavy Smoke is in studio with us on 101 ESPN. Chris, it's always good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, guys, thanks for having me. All right, so uh, I know we'll get a lot of questions on the text line, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YO-HO. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Do you want to do it with us? Uh, Let's do it again. 314 399 yo There we go. Yeah. 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 Good. That's great. All right, so uh, what's, the, what's the big Labor Day? Is there one that for, for specifically this weekend that people are all over? Like a, an bar- item? Barbecue I, item, yeah. You know, I don't know if there's a specific item, but I know St. Louis is huge for pork steaks. Uh-huh. And so I think pork steaks is always a go-to in the backyard. It's one of those things we all grew up on, and it's kind of easy to cook at the same time. So the guy, you know, talk about being the king of the cul-de-sac, you can turn out a really great pork steak. So give me the best prep tip for a pork steak. How, do you do it low and slow? How do you go about it? Man, there are so many different ways to do a pork steak. Like the traditional pork steak that I grew up with and a lot of people grew up with is like, you know, sear it, char it on a gas grill, throw it in some some sauce and let it get tender, mm-hmm. right? I think that's what we grew up on. At the restaurant, we serve like a two inch thick center cut pork steak that we cook low and slow. We almost treat like ribs, right? So the best thing I can say, if you're going to go low and slow, you want to get good color on it and get a good amount of smoke on it and then wrap it up with some sort of flavor and foil butter. You know, sauce, vinegar, uh-huh. that kind of stuff, sugar, and then just add that flavor while it gets tender. And we're talking low. What temperature are we talking when we're talking low? Well, you know, it, it's kind of open to interpretation, right? A lot of guys are like 225 degrees. Yep. It's going to take a lot longer. I like to be 275, 300 just because, uh, I, you know, I get bored, right? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can do. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to spend five hours on a pork steak. You know? <laughs> you know? So I always say that the meat doesn't know what temperature you're cooking it at. So whatever yeah. you're comfortable at, let, let the smoker go, you know? There you go. Chris, I was wondering, inevitably, every time people get on the grill, accidents happen. So what is the best way to prevent an accident happening with grilling and being on the porch or around the house? How, what are some ways to make sure that you don't burn your daggone house down? Well, first of all, you know, like charcoal on like a wood deck, not always the best okay. idea. Oh, you know, yeah. Make, <laughs> make sure your grill's far enough away from your house. I've Correct. seen too many pictures and videos of siding all burnt up and things. You know what I mean? I think it's just be smart. You know, yeah. you're, you're, if you're working with open... Open flame, make sure there's nothing around that's going to catch. Correct. 
Well, I want to give you a minute just to kind of flex. We were talking about competitions and how many competitions you participate in. So tell everybody who's listening how many you've participated in and how many of you've won. And some of the, one, maybe one that you're most proud of, too. Okay, yeah. So I started competing in like 2012. I started off slow, doing five or six a year kind of thing. And now I'm anywhere from 30 to 40 competitions a year. So wow. I've cooked about 220 competitions at this at this point, And I've won like roughly about 70 uh, grand champions and reserve grand wow. champions, which is a first and second. And uh, we've won three world championships. So um, in October of last year, we won the Jack Daniels Invitational, which is about the most prestigious competition that you can win. Wow. So that's my, my biggest moment. That is amazing. I, 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 so when we met Chris, I met Chris the first time a few months back, and you brought some food in, and I literally almost chased him down you the hall. Just yeah. had him on the show. Hey, 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 don't leave it. <laughs> this is amazing. And yeah. I, I, love, I love to eat. But when I eat food that I, that makes me, you know, really want to go talk to the person that cooked it, that's why I came and, and wanted to meet you and talk to you because the food is absolutely amazing. And it, it's sometimes we talk about cooking with love. I yep. think you you definitely have a passion for yeah. what you're cooking and make sure that the person that's eating it enjoys it. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, it's a really cool barbecue moment for me and not to like blow, not to blow CD's head up so much, but I'm a CD <laughs> fan, right? And so he like runs down the hallway and he's like, this pulled pork is the best I've ever ate. And I'm just like, nice to meet you, bro. <laughs> like, I, was just, I was just stoked, but he was so excited that I was, I was pretty stoked about yeah. it. I mean, that's the thing, man, is like caring about the product that you put out and there's no better feeling than people telling you they love your food, right? right? No matter whether you're making pasta or you're making burgers or, or barbecue yeah. right so it's cool people love it i'm glad you brought up a burger okay give me your best tip chris schaefer from heavy smokes best burger tip for the weekend all right so my daughter's competing at kids q now and it's wow. all burgers in her age group oh, nice. and awesome. so so she's she's a uh, nine she'll be That's 10 great. next month um she's cooking the world championship american royal kids q next month wow. but wow but she's, already, she's already won multiple burger titles oh by far <laughs> <laughs> on labor day she's making burgers because really? she's practicing wow. so the biggest tip i can give is like you know get a good quality meat with fat in it like get an 80 20 you want mm. you want a good fat and make a nice thick burger that's not going to dry out on you and never push down you see those people yeah. pushing down on burgers mm-hmm. you know draining all the juice out of it make a good thick burger you got to cook it like long enough to get juicy and not too long to be dry yes. right and so like i find like 140 degrees internal temperature you know if you get mm-hmm. it to like 138 internal temperature put some cheese on it and then pull it off you're going to be set Love it. Love that. Uh, Here's a text. How do you keep your meat from sticking to the grill? What's the best way to do that? Well, you know, they make a lot of great things that you can put down. One of my secrets, they make duck fat in a spray can. And so duck fat's already got a fantastic flavor, right? And so you can hit your grill grates or whatever with a couple sprays of duck fat and put it on there. What a lot of people don't realize, too, is that like meat will release from the grill when it's ready to be flipped. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to flip it and it's sticking... Don't flip it. Yeah. Leave, like leave it alone. You know what I mean. So people go to flip too early. You see people, you know, flip a burger eight times while they're cooking yeah. it. Like it's not necessary. You yeah. know, like flip it one flip time, it, right? Put cheese on it. Send it. Yeah. You know what I mean. What is the best way to stack your grill? If you you have a charcoal grill, what's the best way to put the 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 charcoal in there? Well, I like to always have like some sort of an offset, right? Okay. So like even if you got you know Weber kettles, like the most famous backyard grill ever. I still mm. have Weber kettles. I love them. If you can put like all your charcoal charcoal on one side okay now you've kind of got a sear zone and then like a finish zone okay. so a lot of times if you got charcoal across that whole pit once your burgers are getting too dark 
you have nowhere to go with them, right? right? So you could sear them off over here, move them to a little bit colder side. They'll finish because there's plenty of heat in there. Melt your cheese over there, everything. Okay. Uh, You brought in some spices, and I I told you during the break, I I love to try different spices. So from what you have over there, tell me what uh, you have brought us and what kind of flavor I'm going to get. Yeah, so I have two rubs on the market. Uh, they're called ones we call white label, ones called black label. And it, honestly, kind of funny story. I, I I thought black label beef sounded cool, right? Mm-hmm. So my beef rubs black label, but I didn't have a name for the other one. <laughs> and a buddy of mine goes, "What's it go on?" I'm like, "Turkey, pork, you know, chicken, whatever." He goes, "All the white meats." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "I think you got a white label." Oh, so, oh, that works out. That makes sense. So the white label is kind of an all purpose. It's a little sweeter, got a little heat on the on the back end, and then the black label is kind of savory, um, salty, that kind of thing. But they're designed for kind of beef and then everything else but i find that like they're really great together a lot of people don't realize that like layering flavors and barbecue is a very important thing so like ribs for example you do a light layer of like a salty rub and then you do a heavier layer of like your all-purpose kind of a sweeter rub it's going to add more flavor like if you just mix those two in a bottle and put them on it doesn't do the same thing as actually layering the rubs and one of the things that I found as a Traeger guy is that the type of pellets that you use, the type of wood that you use, really does matter and make it does. A, makes a difference. Yeah, like, you know, they have, like, uh, the real hard woods out of Texas, like your your hickory, your mesquite, um, even even post oak. You know, it's a very harsh smoke, and there's only certain meats that can take that type of thing. A very mid-level is a pecan. It's a hard mm-hmm. wood, but it's kind of got your fruit flavors. And then if you have a peach or a cherry, something like that, that's what you want to keep for poultry and, and the lighter meats and can't take as much smoke. And well, uh, by the way, Traeger has a, a great chart to, uh, to match meats to pellets that I, I didn't look at it first when I first yeah. got the, the grill and now I use it all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, as we were just talking about, you have accomplished so much and you still are. What's the next step or goal or dream for you? So I have, you know, it's funny, like the goals are always a moving target. I feel like yeah. that's, you know, so like I wanted to win the Jack. I won the Jack. So it's like, now I need a new goal. <laughs> I always um, like to do that too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I finished, I finished third in the world for two years in a row and I'd really like to win team of the year, finish that. Um, the Royals next month, I'd never won. That's like the last major I'd have to win. So that's a big goal of mine, but I'm at a point where it's like folks on the restaurant, growing my brand, and then competing when I can is kind of the focus. Do they have a ranking for for like people in the field that you're in? Is there a list of, of top barbecuers, people that like yeah. where would where are you ranked on that list? Like so like they have like pound a, for pound, yeah, best, pound for pound. Best, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm a lot of pounds, so <laughs> pound for pounds. I'm a, I kind of fit the barbecue mold, you, you know. Go. But uh, they do a year long points chase, kind of like NASCAR, and that's okay. the team of the year thing. Um, they just announced like a, a Hall of Fame. Wow. Um, and then. You know, that's going to be merit-based, based on your wins or whatever. Um, I don't have an exact number, but I think, you know, roughly in that division, I, I'm probably in the 40s or 50s all okay. time. That's um, awesome. that's but awesome. I really, I started St. Louis Barbecue Society, which is a, a big thing out around here. Mm-hmm. And I started cooking the Kansas City Barbecue Society, which is kind of like the big leagues. Yeah. I've only been cooking since 2019. And so I'm, I'm pretty young on right. the on the KCBS side. That's and awesome. Mike Johnson from Sugar Fires told us it really is a community. The the restaurant yes. barbecue people, it's, it's a really friendly competition yes. and Mike Mike's a fantastic friend of mine um, people come in all the time and they're like oh so you have a restaurant do you hate sugar fire and I'm like I, I was texting Mike five minutes ago <laughs> you know what I mean when, when I, this is a great story when I was opening my restaurant I want to set up a tip pool and I wasn't sure how to do it and so I'm talking to my buddy who's in Kansas and he's like well it's different from Missouri he's like text Mike so I text Mike and he's like oh hang on a second he puts me in a group chat with his like VP of operations it's nine o'clock 9 p.m. on a Tuesday wow. and me and Mike and his VP of operations are talking through how to set up my tip pool and like awesome. I'm going to be direct competition to Sugarfire. 
You know, yeah. that's, that's, so that's cool. what it's all about. That's yeah. great. Where can they? Where can we find your barbecue? Aid? What's the location? So I'm in St. Peter's off the North Service Road in between Cave Springs and Mid Rivers. Uh, the address is 4270 North Service Road. Uh, but if you get off in Cave Springs and and head west or get off on Mid Rivers, I'm, I'm right between the two exits. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Nice. Looking forward to it. Chris. Go get some heavy it's smoke. So it is worth it. Yes. It is amazing, and you will love it. Take it from Kerry yes. Davis. Trust me. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, and have a great <laughs> holiday weekend. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for the info. Chris Schaefer, and head on over to Heavy Smoke and check it out this weekend or in the very near future. Coming up next, we're going to talk to our friend, the TV voice of the Cardinals, Chip Carey on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley, Carrie Davis, Randy Carricker, and we head to the Celebrity Line. And our friend, the TV voice of the Cardinals on Bally Sports, Chip Carey, joins us as he does every Friday morning. Chip, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. Hey, I want to start with this. First of all, happy September. This is when baseball really gets going. And you've been through so many great Septembers, especially the last few years with Atlanta. It really does feel to me like a different sport when we get to this time of year. Yeah, it's usually the best time other than October and, and March or April when you get it started. I mean, I know April's the cruelest month, but for Cardinals fans this year, it's going to be September because uh, for the first time in a while, we're not going to be a part of the playoff race. But we do have a chance to impact those races and play the role of the spoilers. So, you know, as far as uh, making uh, lemonade out of lemons, that's what we've got to look forward to and see the growth of these young guys and see what we have uh, in-house and see what we can look forward to in 2024. And, Chip, we'll get to the Cardinals in a moment, but last night, Ronald Acuna becoming the first 30-60 player in Major League history, 30 homers, 60 stolen bases. You saw him from day one. How quickly did you know that he was going to be this special? Oh, we had a pretty good inkling. Uh, You know, he's he's a five-tool guy. Uh, Obviously, he's back to where he was a couple of years ago. He blew out his knee in Miami and really sort of played through that last year and was just sort of feeling his way back until he got full strength in the knee. Uh, He dedicated himself in the offseason, apparently, and came into spring training camp in great shape. And uh, he's putting together, as you said, an historic season. And to tell you about baseball's renaissance, it's not uh, an open and closed case that he's the MVP of the league. He's got to contend with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts of the Dodgers who are having equally great years, albeit in different ways. But that's a, a great sign for our sport that so many great players are having great years. And we're going to see enough of Ronald Acuna Jr. starting on Tuesday and, yep. uh, with the year he's having. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all to, uh, to see him have a great shot at the MVP. Well, Chip, obviously Tommy Edmond, the big story coming out of Wednesday and Tuesday's games against the Padres. But I wanted to ask you about Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker and how essential they were in both of those wins, too. It seems like the two young stars are starting to really come along. Yeah, they're playing great. They're doing they're doing what they're supposed to do. They're 21-year-old kids in the major leagues, and, and look, they're going to make some mistakes, and they're going to struggle at times, but you can see the talent and the confidence and the, the possibilities are there. Uh, Tommy Edmonds' walk-off heroics in uh, Game 2 against Milwaukee, that got all the highlights, but let's not forget the tithing play that Mason made that kept a runner at third instead of scoring. If uh, that run comes home, maybe it's a different game and the Cardinals don't win it. Uh, defense wins you championships. That's the old NBA mantra, and defense and pitching go hand in hand in our game. And I think it's safe to say that Mason is really going to help the Cardinals down the road and, and now 
with just his ability to, to get to balls and keep them on the infield and make plays. As far as Jordan's concerned, yeah, he, or games don't come around too often. And uh, that bomb he hit against uh, the Padres the other day was one of the longest ones of the year. And signs that, you know, he's starting to get it and starting to lock in and, and trying to finish his season strong. So those two guys, they're on their way. They're playing great. They're doing what they're supposed to do. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how their career unfolds. Chip, a lot of young guys. You talked about Mason Wynn, Jordan Walker, Nolan Gorman, possibly Tink Hintz. Guys under 25 years old. A lot of kids going to be enjoying watching these young players. Who was Chip Carey's player that he enjoyed watching when he was a young kid? I was a Ted Simmons guy. Ted Simmons was my guy. Switch hitting catcher. I was the fat kid behind the plate. <laughs> I was the fat kid behind the plate. And I loved Ted Simmons, the long hair. He could switch hit, catch it, call it, throw it. He wasn't afraid to get into a fight. I mean, he was he was my guy as a kid growing up uh, in, in West County. And uh, it's such a thrill to get to spend some time with him. But you make a great point, Kerry, about, about the Cardinals. I mean, that's something else that people overlook with the Braves. When they got going, they had Albies and Acuna and Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, coming up through their system, Jason Hayward, and all those guys played together and played together for a long time and established a benchmark in a way that they wanted to play. Uh, I think those same sort of seeds are being sown with the Cardinals. This is still in many ways a very young team and as these guys grow up together, both in the minors and major leagues, you have a chance to develop a style of play and a cohesion that uh, results from a transition year kind of like the one we're suffering through this year. So that's a positive I'm taking. They're good players, they're good people, and I think good times are ahead for them all. Dakota Hudson goes tonight, and you didn't get a chance, obviously, to see him in the early part of the season because he was down at Memphis. But what are what have your impressions have been of Hudson since, well, the All-Star break? Yeah, the last one wasn't very good up in Philadelphia, but uh, he's attacking. He's throwing a slider more. He's getting strikes. He's not walking people. He's attacking hitters. Uh, his ball moves so much that uh, if he can find a way to – harness that command he's a really really tough guy to hit he gets the ball on the ground and you know, i've been doing this a long time i don't think i've ever seen a ground ball go over the fence which is helpful <laughs> um so yeah i just think he's, he's seizing an opportunity um you guys know dakota far better than i did you saw him win 16 games a couple of years ago the talent's in there the skill set is in there if he can limit walks and attack people and pitch confidently and stay within his game plan which he says he got away from in philadelphia he's got a chance to be very successful so obviously what he's doing is very encouraging and hopefully we'll see that again tonight uh some other baseball stuff just want to get your thoughts chip on whatever happened with the angels and uh placing so many of their players on waivers that was just very interesting to see and then the guardians grabbing lucas giolito i think some cardinals fans were hopefully maybe or were hoping to see him possibly come here just your thoughts on all of that that went on yeah, well, Paramanesian is the GM in, in uh, Anaheim, and he was the assistant in Atlanta. I know him relatively well. Uh, I give him credit. He went for it with Mike Trout and Anthony Rendon and Shohei Otani. They went for it. They tried to get into postseason play, but it's been a flop. They're way under 500 since the trading deadline. That didn't work. So economically speaking, they waive those guys. They get their salaries off the books. It saves them about $7 million because the other team claimed the players and took on the remaining part of their contracts. And that, I think, has luxury tax implications for the Angels as far as where they can draft and whether they can re-sign Otani. It's, it's a, it may be a new way of doing business for teams that are out of contention. You just put your best players on waivers and see if they get claimed and uh, lose the salaries rather than play them in a year where you're not going to go anywhere. As far as Cleveland, not a surprise that they claimed them. They still have a shot in the AL Central. They needed pitching. They got some. And as far as the Cardinals were concerned, I, I don't know that it would have made that much difference to go get those guys in a year where you know, we're just trying to evaluate what we have in-house. Uh, you know, I can't speak to that. That's a question better suited for Mo. But for a team in contention that has a chance to pick up players like 
like that where all it costs you is money, hey, why not take a chance and we'll see if it works for the uh, Guardians. Now, Chip, the Cardinals are have a uh, game Saturday, obviously, but the big game is Saturday at 1 p.m. It is Hazelwood Central versus Parkway West. Now, I want to know if you would like to make a wager on that game, you being a Parkway West grad and me being a Hazelwood Central grad and head coach. Hazelwood Central wins. You say go Hawks on the, on the broadcast Saturday afternoon, evening. And if we win, if you win, I'll say go Longhorns on the, on the show on Tuesday morning. That's fair. We can do that. Absolutely. Let's do it. Don't remind me because I'm old and I have a short humor. <laughs> I, I will make sure I get the text well, to you. And <laughs> Chip, we, we are roughly the same age, and we've seen a lot of great things happen. We've seen the advent of the cell phone and HDTV and the jumbo jet. But has there been a better or more functional invention in our lifetimes than the Brockabrella? <laughs> oh, it's the greatest thing ever. It's just, I'm just I'm just glad that they found one big enough to fit my melon. That was oh. I was worried about that. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, that. That's been a great invention. My wife said she's threatening to divorce me if I wear that again around the house. So, uh, i got to just leave it up here in St. Louis. I can't take it home with me when this season's over. <laughs> we'll be tuned in over the course of the weekend. We always appreciate your time, Chip. Thanks so much. And uh, we'll be watching the Cardinals hopefully come away with a couple of wins against the Pirates. Sounds great, guys. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Tuesday night. You bet. See ya. That is Chip Carey. He is the TV voice of the Cardinals on Valley Sports. Coming up next, we're going to head down the stretch of this week here on 101 ESPN with Rock and Roll on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. All right. We've got uh, 101 and ESPN, 101 ESPN and Bud Light bringing you Blues and Brews on Friday night, September 22nd at Anheuser-Busch. You can get fired up for the Blues season at an outdoor street party featuring live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox. <laughs> what was that? Chris who? Chris Lane. Country, country music song. That was, that was good. You you Thank actually you. did well with the twang. Thank you very much, Brooke. Appreciate that. <laughs> Appreciate Plus appearances that by blues players and alumni, food trucks, blues merchandise, 101 ESPN giveaways and more. Learn more at 101ESPN.com. All right, Matthew, what do you got for us? Well, I have some more audio from that press conference with uh, head coach Elia Eli Drinkwitz from uh-huh. the Missouri Tigers last night. He is a big fan of his quarterback, and he does not hold back. Oh, well, sorry, uh, one of his two uh, quarterbacks, oh, I guess yeah. as we mm-hmm. should say. And he put his butt on the line for everybody in this organization and every fan every single game last year with a torn uh, uh, um, whatever he had in his shoulder. Labrum. And he never flinched. He never stinking flinched. And we asked, hey, you want to take – no. Does Doc say I can play? Doc says you're good. You can't injure it any worse. I'm in. I'm fighting my butt off for this team. So I got no questions about his determination or him putting Mizzou first or putting the team first. That guy's a team first young man, and, and uh, he's got a girlfriend. Otherwise, man, I'd be trying to get him hooked up with my, once my daughter's turn 18 because he's unbelievable. Once you turn eighteen, you know, that's at least at least he so, said eighteen. That's, that's, that's important. That 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 was taken taken <laughs> out of context. <laughs> it was not meant to be a weird comment. Coaches, that is actually the utmost, like the the best compliment you can give one of your players. I would let that player date my daughter. That yeah. means you trust him. That means he's respectful. That means he's going to do everything uh, the right way, and you would trust him to date your daughter. 
if if your daughter is of age. Obviously, mm-hmm. that's what he's saying. It's not. He's not saying that. And to people to make it a weird, turn it into this weird thing is weird in itself. That was not what that meant. I've had college coaches ask me. Would you allow this player to date your daughter? When my daughter was in high school, would you allow him to date your daughter? Eh, probably not him. Mm-hmm. Him? Yeah, I could. Yeah, because that lets them know the type of character that they have. It's a real mm-hmm. question. And so, to me, that's not a big deal. I think that's that speaks more highly of Brady Cook as a young man than anything else. That's probably the highest compliment that he could have given them. And I can attest to Brady Cook is fantastic. Obviously, St. Louis product, Chaminade. Got to know him really well and cover him when he was in high school. And he really is that. He is fantastic. I am rooting for his success this season. I know some fans had some feelings about him going into the season. But, uh, well, oh, oh, there we go. And I knew, you see, CD? You see what I did so there? I knew fans. I was pulling him out. Oof. But here so you go. So many fans yes. commenting about it. It's I understand I why. I don't think, here's the thing. I understand <laughs> why fans. I understand why fans are so obsessed with a quarterback battle, like I, I get it, I get why Mizzou fans particularly are so obsessed with this, and so I, I don't, I don't, but I don't get why it's engendering so much negativity from the coaching staff. It's like this is how football fans are. Are you, are you shocked by this? Like a coach, there's nothing better than a quarterback battle for a college team. That's the most you, you never get, you don't get those very often, and they're always interesting. So I, I'm not, I'm surprised why. People are surprised that there's such a dichotomy here. Of course it's yeah. this way. This is how it's always going to be when there's a quarterback battle. That's kind of one of the reasons I think coaches try to avoid quarterback battles going into the season is because there's going to be this constant conversation about it no matter what happens. You know how you avoid a quarterback battle? You choose a quarterback. No, one of the quarterbacks play better. Okay. It ain't on the coach. It's on the players. The players have to play better. Give me an opportunity to pick one of you. Don't make it so close that I can't pick one of you. I think it's, he did it's pick one, one of them. It's one game. I think he did pick one of them. It's it did one feel game. like after that one game, though, that it's he even game. said that Brady Cook if has the, the leg up on the competition. Week, now, now, what are you going to say next week if Brady Cook has less passes than than Sam Horn? Yeah, he has a leg up on it. He, that's why he went out there first. Well, there you go. But they're waiting on the other guy to see if he's able to do it. And If, if he's, he's not, able to rise to the yeah. occasion. And if he's not, then he won't play. Maybe it'll come at halftime of the national championship game. And we saw how well that worked out worked for, out. for Alabama. Yeah, yeah. yeah Tua came in there as a freshman, and well, I don't. Oh, well, I'm sorry. You said national championship game. <laughs> I apologize. Wasn't it the national championship? <laughs> that was, but you you were talking about Mizzou, so it, was. it won't oh, be Oh, Brady Cook, man. It won't. It won't. Brady Cook. It won't be the national championship game. Oh, you never know. Brady Cook's going to get cooking, CD. Come on. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you do. You're right. I think, and here's the thing. I think that with Drinkwitz, I don't have a problem with the Brady Cook comments. I know some people are texting in. It's creepy. I think that maybe some of the issues people have coming out of that press conference is the only reason that he had to get so defensive is because he's the one that went into that saying that they were going to look at who kind of really stands out. Mm -hmm. You see the difference in the amount of time that Brady Cook was used as opposed to Sam Horn, which of course is going to happen when you go with one quarterback in the first half and another one in the second half. Um, I think it's more of his defensiveness and talking about the media members, how things are going to be written. If you are secure in what you are doing, it doesn't matter what anybody says, writes, tweets, X's, doesn't matter whatsoever. And so if he's fully confident in Brady Cook, then fans can either get behind that or not. But that's his decision as the head coach of Mizzou. I wonder what Middle Tennessee State is planning for. Are they going to plan for oh. Brady Cook or are they oh, going to plan they, for Sam Moore? Well, I don't know. That's a, that's a secret. Million dollar that Rick question. Stott's, well, Stott's still it's is the same offense. 
So, yeah. it's the same well, offense. Either way. It's not like yeah, you still, bring in, in one okay, quarterback and it's you got to try to plan to contain because you can't stop Cody Schrader. There you go. You better you better tackle him. So he had 183, 184. Yeah, someone yards. was mad we didn't talk enough about that. You didn't yeah. speak about him. Sorry, my bad. He rocks. Uh, He's good. We talked about this early or earlier on when the news broke, but I just want to point out again. You think your college might have good boosters, but you don't have SMU's boosters. Oh, SMU joining gosh, the ACC. They money. are foregoing seven years of media payouts as part of the ACC's deal. By the way, it should be said the ACC media deal. Signed now through 2036. Yes. So probably not a very good deal overall to be pulling money from in the first place compared to some other mm-hmm. ones. But nonetheless, seven years SMU will not bring in any media money. And their booster said, fine, we don't care. You make us a, you make us a, a top uh, a power, five. power five school again. We will give you every cent that you would have had uh, instead of that. Just the greatest booster group I've ever seen from a non-big-time blue blood power for and the last 20 years. Now that... They can legally pay players <laughs> like they did for Eric Dickerson and Craig James back in the day. I think if you were SMU, Ooh. the best thing ever would just be like SMU NIL and just have a parking yeah. lot full of like those gold plated cars that they yep. apparently gave. Yeah. Um, was it Dickerson they gave the Dickerson cr- and James? Yeah, yeah, they gave the gold plated car to. Just have an entire parking lot full of those and be like, business is open again. Yeah. And now that you have Houston in the Big 12, you're going to have some. For those two schools, you're going to have some situations where they're picking off players from A&M and Texas, and it's going to be because of NIL. Good. Yeah. NIL is good for the kids. You're it's right, good, good for the for everyone. It's amazing. Except it for is. the people that's been getting paid for decades. Yeah. They're you the you talked about mad. that last night because somebody asked you about that. Man, about like what it would have been like. Breaking in the money with NIL. Oh, no doubt about it. We'd Come see on. your ads everywhere. Oh, yeah. no question. So, what do we got going on this weekend? I have no plans on Saturday, which is good. It's always good to. Be yeah. That is good. Well, you, got, you got two things to watch on Saturday because you have to, you have to watch. Illinois potentially covering a nine and a half point spread against Toledo. We like that nine and a half point spread. Oh. We taking it? Okay. I, yeah. I'm. I'm I'll know after the game. Uh, of the Rockets. <laughs> How do you guys feel about Toledo? I don't know. It's more for yeah, me. It's offense. more about Illinois they because their defense, yeah. their defense was one of the top ranked defenses in the country last year. But they lost so many pieces. Mm. They lost four of their secondary members. Uh, the defensive line and linebackers will be back. But you lost a quarterback. You lost a running back that you gave the ball to 25, 30 times a game. I do not know what to expect from this team. Yes, and that's my fear. I. I Defensive line, linebackers, cool. But that secondary is going to be brand new. Didn't Illinois steal a Toledo coach one time? Hmm. Yeah, that didn't work out well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Timmy. They got the wrong one, actually. Yeah, they did. That one's in Iowa, Iowa State. Oh, yeah. Well, Matt Campbell. That's the one they wanted. Here's the thing. (laughs) Here's what you need to learn. I'm going to teach people something. So, you have an offensive coordinator that that calls plays, defensive coordinators that call plays. And so, Illinois actually hired the head coach of that program because they thought he called the plays. When actually, he didn't call the plays. The offense was smoking. They were doing an outstanding job. The person that called the plays ended up at Iowa State and Matt Campbell. And then we got Timmy. Timmy Beckman. How's how's, how's Campbell doing? Didn't go well. He's doing great. Mizzou, uh, Mizzou got the good Toledo coach, Gary Pinkle. Oh, they got a good mm. one too. Yeah, his teammate at in college is a little bit better though. Nick, yeah, well, I did, you know what? I think that if Gary Pinkle would have gone to Alabama, he would have done what Nick Saban has done, and if Nick Saban would have gone to Mizzou, he would have done what Gary Pinkle did at Mizzou. 
I think they're the same coach, and I think the program is what made Nick Saban. It matters. Wow. When people are invested in the program, mm-hmm. it matters. It yep. makes things better. I think both programs were maximized by their coaches, and I think Pinkle would have done at Alabama exactly what Nick Saban has done. They, 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 care, about, they care about football down there. Yep. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. very serious. One last, one last thing. Uh, City plus 300 underdogs on the other <sighs> side of the state. Lock Free of the money. week. Free money. Lock of the week. I'm sure McCurtain's going to spend his whole hour talking about that. <laughs> just the bet, though. Yeah, just, 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 just the, the bet. bet. Oh, wait, by uh, the way, we did learn one other thing this show. It's very crucial that all of St. Louis knows this. Did you guys know I can purr? Yeah. <laughs> Good to know. Just add that now to your you many know. talents. Now you did you guys know I can purr? <laughs> Did you guys? Did you know? Yeah, How, about How about that? How about that? Oh, the purr. Uh, How about that? How about that? How about that? Oh, we didn't play that, that for Chippy. Yeah, so, uh, we will be back on Tuesday. We're going to have a best of show. Good luck finding those uh, on, oh, yeah. on Monday. We got a great show planned, actually. Oh, really? For the best of. Oh, yeah. I got a uh, soccer hour with uh, Bradley Carnell and some of the other players you yeah, interviewed yeah. because we got some of the new guys uh, who've been really successful with them. We got a whole thing of baseball and we're replaying our championship hour. We're talking to Tori Holt, Isaac Bruce, Mike Jones, uh, David Eckstein, and Kyle McClellan. Oh, that's awesome. So nice. that's Monday on Labor Day. And uh, you enjoy the barbecue and everybody. And uh, great job today by our producer, audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Pleasure. Uh, Brooke, are you going to barbecue anything? Uh, probably not. Okay. I'm not, I'm not great at Are you going to go to a restaurant? Uh, probably. I have okay. a wedding on Saturday. Oh, enjoy. Yes. How about that? How about that? So I'll be consuming a lot of food this weekend. Good. Per um, usual. And did you find a dress? I did find a dress. Well I said done. yes to the dress. Oh, good. Nice. Uh, CD, good luck tonight? Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> Tomorrow. Okay. Good. Watch your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? Hazelwood Central taking on Parkway West. Yep. And Chip is going to say, go Hawks. Yes. He is. Yes. And we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. We do have a balloon party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up, followed by BKM Ferrario. And then it's the Fast Lane with Anthony Stalter and Jamie Rivers for all of us until Tuesday morning at 7. Have a great holiday weekend, everyone. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.